0: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. The construction of the dream.
1: Nine to noon.
0: No! The game is over.
1: Border battle. Memory Lane we go
0: Winnersville And he's Paul Allen
2: We'll enjoy it for a little bit here but uh It
0: might seem crazy
3: what I'm about to say Huntley facing a four man rush
2: Feel too good too long, you know. Every team's good in this league. Sacked back at the
0: line. was sacked. By a St. Harry the
4: Hitman? For line that came, came to play, so it was a good team win. You know, we did everything together.
0: Yeah, it was a good win today. Uh, you know, I
1: thought the defense played outstanding.
5: It's a great win, you know. Anytime you get to go up against your rivals, Green Bay, and get up and get a win, it's huge for us
4: the good, the bad, and I came up with the win. It's a screen right, and it's a nice one. Here comes McKinnon, 25-20, 15-10-5, touchdown!
3: A beautifully executed screen, Jared McKinnon having another big game. He's corralled at the 21-yard line. It's a run of 20 for 21, and off Jarek up the middle, dodge for the end zone,
1: Offensively, we did some really good things. Special teams did some good things. We're
4: just, hey, we're just trying to keep this thing going. You know, Daval was making plays all over the field, and you know, unfortunately, he got hurt. And me and Tate, we're just trying
0: to pick up where he left off. Tim Harris came in today and played for Sandejo, and uh, you know, he he must have done good because I didn't notice him. Takes the
3: snap. Smack. Great one-handed catch by Laquan Redwell at the 46-yard line. A gain of 24 yards. Laquan, first-round pick last year, with by far the best moment of his young career. Emerson
1: he Everson Griffin has at least one sack. Six consecutive games. That's his seventh sack of the season. Danielle Hunter's on it, but he gets it off. Oh,
3: Three-yard dry right hash. Forbath's kick has plenty of leg, and it is good by Forbath. 23-10 Vikings. Hundley out of the shotgun. There's b rob hitting him. He throws it, and it's intercepted by Trey Waynes at the six-yard line. Trey Waynes intercepts Brett Hundley, and the Minnesota Vikings will head into next week against the Baltimore Ravens as a first-place
4: team
2: in the NFC North. We gotta get back to work and uh, just keep moving forward.
4: No, we gotta go back to the drum boys, get ready, and come on next week and get it all we got. The
0: game is over.
6: Mission, Minneapolis. Hashtag Faith Radio.
3: Happy Monday to you, 9 to Noon Productions, KFA and Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios, Paul Allen, Master Mixer of the Monday Victorious Morning Montage, Eric Nordquist. This is 9 to Noon at FM 100.3 The Fam. The A-topic from the Minnesota Vikings victory over the Green Bay Packers yesterday was this. Vikings rush 4, Rodgers looking left, sees nothing, flushed out to the right, hit as he throws, dropped by Martellus Bennett, and Anthony Barr smacked Aaron Rodgers who's down at the 30-yard line. Anthony Barr smacked Aaron Rodgers right as he threw the ball, and Rodgers is writhing in pain on the ground. Greg Coleman on the sidelines. Guys, officially the Green Bay Packers have announced that quarterback Aaron Rodgers has a broken collarbone and could be lost for the season. Wins like this are weird because you can't get too loud after knocking the best quarterback in football maybe out for the season. You want to raz that obnoxious fan base because you housed the border battle? But that wouldn't be cool because of Collarbone Gate 17. You want to remind them the backup quarterback matters, just in case. If anybody knows it, if anybody knows that's true, it's us, right? But you can't because it's a touchy subject. You with me on on all that? I am, man. I mean, uh, I think the
5: league is better when it has its stars. And we, over the last few weeks, in an odd year... J.J. Watt, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, our rookie sensation soon to be feeling like he was a rising star and now uh, probably the best overall player in the NFL at the most important position being gone. Right. It feels weird, but w- and we have our issues too. We can talk about our backup. We can talk about losing our running back and some of those things, but on a day post-border battle victory, as good as it feels, It is a very touchy subject when it comes to number 12 in green and gold.
3: Nothing egregious about Anthony Barr's hit on Aaron Rodgers. Football is a physical game. On to Baltimore. On to the Ravens as a first-place operation in a division that is very winnable. The Lions keep losing, and Rodgers may be out for the season. Teddy is eligible to come off the pop. The physically unable to perform list this week. And 9 to noon is wondering what happens there. Teddy Bridgewater had a tweet within the last 30 minutes. Two words. Thank you. He's visiting his surgeon in Dallas, Texas. For clearance to join the 2017 Minnesota Vikings. In clandestine fashion, he tweeted, Thank you. I'm guessing he goes active and becomes the backup to Case Keenum. Our current backup was a wide receiver at Northern Colorado 13 months ago and returned to quarterback when their starter got hurt. His name, Kyle Slaughter, started at Southern Miss, was a quarterback, made him a wide receiver, eventually became a quarterback, lit it up in the preseason for the Denver Broncos. For whatever the reason was made available, the average salary for a practice squad player in the NFL is $7,500 a week. The Vikings wanted this young man so badly, they gave him 20 large a week to join the Covenant. But still, with all due respect, he's Kyle Sloader. So now if Teddy's eligible to join the Covenant, 9 to Noon believes Keenum into Teddy makes sense. Jay Glazer tweeted, He has steam Bradford's knee is a major problem. So, if the scribe is correct, Jay Glazer. If he's correct, Teddy has to go active. Border Battle 114 went the way of our team. You know, the guys who last year played with 12 offensive line combinations, five left tackles, lost Teddy for the season after he won a division championship have gone a majority of this year. Sands starting quarterback Sam Bradford lost Dalvin Cook for the season and played yesterday without Stephon Diggs. That team. (laughs) Football is a physical game. The division is ours to lose. Your calls on Vikings football next segment. Can't wait to hear from you. 800-320-5326. 651 989-5326. The West Bend Mutual Insurance set list goes a little something like this. Analyst Pete Bursich in studio, 935. Justin Gard on Sky Yuma, 1015. Fox Sports North's Kevin Lynch in studio, 1055. The Wolves' season opener is on the horizon. And David Sinekin, the head cheese, at 1135. That is the West Bend Mutual Insurance set list. Call 9 to noon. React to everything that transpired yesterday and how you think it'll go from here for the Minnesota Vikings. 800-320-5326, 651-989-5326. I'm Paul Allen from the KFAN Bryant Heating and Cooling Studios. Good morning. It's 9 to noon. To
0: news. You're listening to PA. Lifelong
1: listener, to your show, and I'm also a Vikings fan and an alcoholic. I'd like to shed some light on this.
0: On the fan.
3: Many people, in fact, maybe thousands of people seeking home security, get ripped off each and every day. They get ripped off because they get locked into long term contracts, writing fat checks, and they feel like they have no way out. I mean, in a roundabout way, that's robbery by itself. We offer Simply Safe home security with no contracts, no commitments, no lock-ins, period. Simply Safe is an incredibly reliable pro- a product. It's wireless and portable with a cellular connection built in. You get professional monitoring and police dispatch so your home is safe around the clock. With Simply Safe, 24/7 protection is just 15 bucks a month. That's about three times less than a majority of security companies, and this thing's incredibly reliable. Once again, you're not locked into a contract. So get Simply Safe today at your local Best Buy. Save $50 on the Protect Package. The offer ends October 21st. That's $50 off the Protect Package at Best Buy at Simply Safe, simplysafe.com. KFAN Total Traffic.
2: From the Holiday Station Stores
5: Traffic Center, here's a look at the roads. Crews cleared a crash northbound 35E at Lone Oak. Got an accident on the left shoulder westbound 94 at Highway 52. And another crash eastbound 94 at Groveland, also on the left shoulder. Eastbound 394 tied from Louisiana to 94 following a crash. And eastbound 494 stop and go from 169 to Penn. Following an accident. That's traffic on the fan brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Get two classic bacon, egg, and cheese croissant sandwiches for five bucks at Dunkin' because two is better than one. That's two times the cherry wood smoked bacon and flaky buttery croissants, and they're always made to order. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclusions may apply, participation may vary, limited time offer. I'm not-
3: Super Bowl, homeboy. 9 to noon, Warner-Stellion weekend whip around, then your calls. We'll start with college football. The Gophers lose
5: their third straight Big Ten game, falling 30-27 to to the visiting Michigan State Spartans over the weekend. Biggest news from that, Demery Croft took advantage of an opportunity of playing time. Looks like he might be a factor moving forward,
3: P.A. Justin Guard, sideline analyst, Gophers Radio Network. One hour from now, 9 to noon, to assess said damage. To baseball,
5: Justin Verlander pitched a complete game with 13 Ks in a Game 2 victory for the Houston Astros in the ALCS. Houston up 2-0 in that best-of-seven series. Game 3 tonight. And then the NLCS, Justin Turner... Hit a bottom-of-the-ninth walk-off three-run bomb off John Lackey to notch a win for the Dodgers. 2-0 series for the Dodgers over the
3: Cubs as well. And counting out, the champions still uh, predicted to make a run at the L.A. Dodgers, but Houston looks like it's home and cooled out. Looking at the NFC
5: North games yesterday, Chicago goes on the road with Mitchell Trubisky, wins at Baltimore. Concerning, if you're a Detroit Lions fan, though, 52 points put on them by the New Orleans Saints in the bayou yesterday. Matthew Stafford sacked at least five times now in three straight games.
3: Stafford has had three consecutive substandard games. Uh, Detroit is on the bye. Kitties need the bye. Banged up on the offensive line. Glover, Quinn, and Golden Tate left the game. Uh, the uh, Lions all of a sudden are 3-3. Three and three.
5: And finally, Aaron Rodgers just seven minutes and four seconds into the game yesterday. Their second possession of the day. Uh, collarbone broken, suffered the same injury in 2013, just on the left side of his of his arm, and uh, he uh, they Packers went two five and one in his absence in 2013. Sounds like he might be done for the year again.
3: That was the A topic from the entire National Football League yesterday, and a discussable nine to noon today. That is the Warner Stellion weekend whip around Warner Stellion, your appliance specialist. If you need kitchen appliances that include kitchen packages. Refrigerators, ranges, dishwashers, wall ovens, anything you need, go to warnerstellion.com. The Allen Kitchen is full of Warner Stellion appliances. I love my Warner Stellion appliances, and you will too. Warnerstellion.com.
0: Can't miss the Vice Gang, Twin City!
3: Pizza delivery guy, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, As usual, I didn't
1: watch the game. I listened to a portion of it yesterday while I was uh, leaving the Dakota Jazz Club listening to a micro show of some New Orleans jazz. But awesome, awesome finish. Real quick question. Am I oversimplifying it by looking at... Aaron Rodgers' injury as sort of a roadblock that was just cleared for the Vikings not only for a potential wild card but also NFC North championship or even like having the best record in the NFC or or, or am I out, am I out of line with that kind of thinking or and I'm also changing my record prediction to 12 and 4 now
3: <laughs> from 7 to 9 right
1: it was 5 well, and 11 it was, it was, to start it was five and eleven when I was on the playground with my kids, and, right? And uh, and then it, it went to it went to nine and seven, yeah. And think you know things were brighter, everything was great. And now, yeah, a uh, twelve and four seems like a possibility. I, I, I really, I, it's one player. It, it just seems like it's a it could be a domino effect and literally just clear the way for everything. I don't see any other teams in the NFC that are, I mean, really standing out or anything. Uh, that
3: are, keep that uh, pizza delivery guy. Keep that pepperoni fresh. Uh, you must not have watched the Philadelphia Eagles then. They're uh, good. Yeah, the Eagles look like the best team in the NFC. Extremely physical on the offensive and defensive lines. Bismarck's Carson Wentz is lighting it up. Alshon Jeffrey is helping, and they got a nice between the tackles running attack with uh, Laguerre Blunt. Uh, with, with Aaron Rodgers out, I mean, Green Bay was is and will be the team to beat in the NFC North. You know, uh, the, at the first Friday football feast, Buffalo Wild Wings Crystal, when I went down the road um, kind of loudly, too, with the predictions that I think there absolutely will be regressions to the mean this season for a couple of teams that had a lot go their way in 2016, Detroit and the Oakland Raiders. And and I, I stick by that for the balance of the 2017 and it's happening to the Detroit Lions. So I've always looked at Green Bay as the team to beat in the division. Uh, the, the Lions might be the team to beat in the division now, and they already beat you at your spot. So when it comes to securing the best record in the NFC, need to beat Baltimore, need to be Cleveland, chill after that London game. Then you got three consecutive on the road. This Rams team that comes here is markedly better than the LA Rams anybody saw last year. And the quarterback, Jared Goff, is figuring out how to win games. Uh, but the next two are, are supremely important. Uh, they are games the Vikings absolutely should and can win. Anthony?
1: Hey, yeah, I, just, I, I revel in the uh, ironic nature at which the day after Green Bay is going to lose their guy, their starter, that Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to come off the pup. And is it dangerous to assume that he probably won't play – against Baltimore, probably not in London, but is it fair to assume that old number five should be swinging the rock when we go to Washington?
3: I see what you're saying because you have the extra time during the off week. If the Vikings keep winning games with Case Keenum, and and, and God bless Teddy Bridgewater, we want a division with him, I'm not sitting Case Keenum. Right. And Case Keenum's game against Pittsburgh, as we've mentioned, it was very awkward, man. He didn't he didn't know he was going to start the game until 3 hours before the game. Steelers never lose home openers. Things got weird for Pittsburgh recently, but a uh, big road victory at Kansas City yesterday. It's very difficult for I mean in 2009, the best Vikings team we've had here since 98. Brett Favre and the 6 and 0 Vikings went to Pittsburgh and lost. So, I draw a line through that one. He lit up Tampa. I think, um, I think he played a winning game against the Lions. They lost that game because of fumbles and dropped interceptions. Uh, so I, I think Case gave you a chance to win in that game. Weird situation in Chicago. Came in, went 17 of 21 uh, against a team that just won a road game yesterday against Baltimore. And yesterday, uh, I Case, Case played another winning game. So it's Case's money until either he gets hurt or something goes amiss. And that's assuming the Vikings put Teddy on the active roster. I mean, I would guess they would. To have Keenum into Bridgewater makes more sense than Keenum into Kyle Slaughter, but it um, it also it also plays into the general manager's work to secure to secure depth at the more, most important position on National Football League teams, the quarterback. You know, because there there were myriad backup quarterback options in the off season, they opted to go with Case Keenum. And I think everybody knows why. Dave? Hey, Paul.
1: It's good to talk to you. You know, I met you back in 2009 in the hotel in Charlotte uh, with my daughter and uh, had a great conversation and, and uh, look forward to seeing you in Atlanta Ann and in Charlotte coming up here soon. I want to make two quick points. <clears throat> I've been saying it. All year long. In my opinion, we have the most talented team on both sides of the ball, special teams, defense, offense, collectively with the coaching staff. GM's done a great job. This team has been tested for three years mentally, physically, and emotionally. And I think it's about time that the NFL is going to see what's going to happen moving forward. And I don't care what happens, who's a quarterback, what challenges we face. This team is going to get this done. This is going to be the year, and we're going to enjoy it like no other.
3: I just... three, three things about Vikings football. Uh, right tackle Mike Remmers played lights out yesterday. The offensive line is night and day better than it was last year. Secondly, and very much under the radar, but it matters. This punter, Ryan Quigley, gets it. Uh, th- this guy is really, really good. He had three inside the 20. He's gone six games without a touchback. He has 12 kicks inside the 20. And his little pooch production that rolled out of bounds at the four-yard line yesterday was absolutely brilliant. And he's holding well for Kai Forbath. I mean, not only is Quigley the punter, but he's the holder. Forbath nailed one from 53 yesterday. Thirdly, the Vikings' third-down defense statistically is number one in the NFL. It's absolutely legit. Zimmer's third down calls this year are as good, honestly, as I've ever seen in my 16 years calling Vikings football. Situational football, game management, and preparation. And that's not just against Brett Hundley and or Mitchell Trubisky. It's against Stafford, Jameis Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Brees. A couple of under, a few under-the-radar nuggets that have led to a first-place operation.
1: Howard? Good morning, the man with the golden pipes. I have two questions. The first is Latavius Murray's inability to run. Is he still hurt, or is he just too slow back there? And the second thing, after also watching the Bears play the Ravens, if we don't beat the Ravens by two touchdowns, someone should check and make sure someone wasn't paid off. The Ravens have no offense. The two touchdowns were on a punt return and a kickoff return, and I'm not taking anything away from the Bears, but they look God awful.
3: Yeah the uh, the Ravens are struggling mightily right now. Ain't no doubt about it. Uh, Wednesday ten fifty five. Matt Burke, former Viking center and Super Bowl winner with the Ravens, in studio. It's Burke Ball Week. Can't wait for that. All twenty two radio from the two thousand nine game against uh, Burke's Baltimore Ravens and um, uh, analysis of the Vikings and Ravens and the Burke Ball this Sunday noon on the Fam. Uh, the uh, with Latavius Murray one point nine yards per carry ain't gonna get it done. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is this team's top running back, whether he starts or not. He is the one that will play in the situations that are most conducive to advancing the ball and winning games. That's why they took him off kickoff kick return yesterday and used Coley the game. Stacey Coley was active, and he played some at wide receiver, but he was active for kick returns. Because Jarek McKinnon, all of a sudden, is supremely important to the running game equation... And as 9 to Noon has mentioned before, it, with, with the way the running game has been designed the entire offseason, with an east-west feel to it, McKinnon suits that markedly better than Latavius Murray. Jonathan?
1: Hey, good morning, PA. Thank you for taking the call. My man. Yes, sir. Um, I just want to get your take on the Quant Treadwell's all-around game. Um, you know, we all saw the one-handed catch, um, but... We're watching. I'm down here in Houston. Um, I was watching with my dad, and my girlfriend, and we thought it was great how he tracked down uh, Clay Matthews. Now, and he punched the ball out. Now I know they still got the ball, but it was nice hustle. And I wanted to get your feel on the block before halftime. We thought it was a great block.
3: Uh, I need to watch it back from what. Uh, thanks for the call. I think he led with his helmet, um, and I need to watch it back. But there, there were 19 flags that came in, so you got a bunch of guys. Uh, and ladies, and Sarah Evans, the side judge, who saw the same thing. Uh, Laquan is doing everything right. Laquan's separation is not as good as I thought it would be when the Vikings took him in the first round last year. But Laquan is an incredibly hard worker. I'm at Winter Park every single Tuesday doing Vikings Entertainment uh, Network-related work. That's th- Those are off days for Vikings players. Treadwell's there every single Tuesday putting in some type of work to make his game better. So Laquan's doing it all correctly. I can I can point out five times at least this season, Treadwell has done work to get open, and the quarterback has not looked his way. And and that's, that's going to happen when you have Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Kyle Rudolph. So Treadwell's putting in the work, and honestly, I think he should be incredibly proud of the season he's having. Aaron...
4: PA, I'm
1: feeling a little consternation over the reaction to this Anthony Barr hit. By the uh, letter of the unreasonable law, I could almost see that being called a penalty. But dirty? There's nothing dirty about that hit. This is, uh, this is an opinion foisted upon us by an obese Packer fan that hasn't run in 20 years. Anthony Barr is a very fast man. Would we rather have him slam on the brakes and blow out an ACL to prevent Rodgers from having to play football? It happens. Welcome to the land of the backup quarterback, Packer
3: fan. um, uh, Anthony Barr is not a dirty dirty player. There never has been an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty against him during his career. Uh, Rodgers broke the pocket. He threw the ball, bar hit him and landed on him, and the collarbone broke. And that's it. There was absolutely nothing dirty about that play. And and whether you're a Packers fan, NFL fan, Vikings fan, or whatever, I think everybody should recognize that. PJ.
1: Hey, how you doing, PA? Hi. First of all, I want to tell you, uh, my favorite commercial in the world is uh, Quick Trip commercial, and you're my favorite cartoon character.
3: Yeah, they uh, they did a really good job with that Quick Trip commercial. Thank you very much.
1: Well, they they got the right guy to do it. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> I love your play-by-play. I listen to you guys every day. Um, what I want to ask you about is um, the pack. Why are they running Ty Montgomery when they know what they got in Aaron Jones? I mean... I can see him running running him on third down or whatever, but yeah. know, I mean they're putting him in there and they should be yeah, taking this Aaron Jones
3: kid. I think you're jumping this a little bit. Now I, I like Aaron Jones and his buck and change came against a bad Cowboys defense. Uh look at Kareem Hunt. He hasn't scored a touchdown in quite some time. Tariq Cohen for the Chicago Bears, off to a magnificent start. When I left Monday night football, I, I was not impressed with Tariq Cohen. And or the indecisiveness that he was showing with certain runs, so he, if I'm Green Bay, I gotta wait it out a little bit with Aaron Jones. I I like Aaron, fifth round pick from UTEP in an incredibly deep uh, NFL draft for running backs. But um, you know the the Montgomery Jones thing, that's now. Jones eventually might get the job. Pete Bursich, analyst, Vikings Radio Network studio next. <laughs>
4: You're listening to PA. What a pleasure it is to be on hashtag faith radio with all of these believers this morning.
0: On the fan. Hot fives for everybody.
1: Personal foul. Oh,
3: clipping.
0: The Analyst. Versus.
3: The analyst for the Vikings radio network, Pete Versich sees football clearly. Why wouldn't he? Went to Notre Dame, played it, coached it. Now he analyzes it for profit. Elite football mind moment, very late in Border Battle 114. 3-2 base.
6: Vikings defense call. This is like, this will be the last chance for Everson Griffin to get himself a sack for, for the day. Fell down on the last play, so not a lot of pass rush on Huntley in the last couple plays, but
3: I think they're going to come after him right here. Nelson near side, opposite Trey Waynes. Huntley, shotgun, Devontae Adams, wide left, opposite Xavier Rhodes, fourth and ten. at least one sack. Six consecutive games. That's his seventh sack of the season. And the Vikings turn the Packers over on downs. Emerson Griffin. I mean, wow. What a great NFL mind. You know, luck's part of the equation too, right? I mean, yeah, it is. You got I mean, you got elite prediction. You see the game clearly. But for you to unfurl that statement,
6: and then for it to happen, there is a luck element with that, too. There is. Um, they didn't punt, and I thought about it, and I put myself in Everson's spot, mm-hmm. and he. I didn't know he was chipped and got knocked down the play before, right. but I saw that he was on the ground for quite some time. Right. So I knew, because that is, D-linemen are never supposed to be on the ground. Yeah. You are ne- So I knew he was pissed about that. Mm-hmm. And then it was fourth down. The last play, he's lining up against. Was it Justin McCray at the time? It was, uh, or was it Lucas Patrick? Or
3: no, it was some L. I, mean... <laughs> I can't. I can't remember the name. The well, John Cat? Yeah, it might have been something called Ulrich John. No, he was
6: at right tackle. Okay, and
3: so it McCray was... was at left guard. So it was the other L. Who
6: knows? Whatever. But I just, I saw him, and the crowd got loud. Yeah. And then I just set it, and you like, knew they were it. throwing. Yeah, this is it. Fourth down, the no-look throw, and here it is. Sack streaks and, on the <laughs> line, exactly. And he didn't chip him, and he got it.
3: It's and, um, it's difficult to analyze or predict. Hypothetically speaking, six games into it, the Vikings' defensive MVP. I mean, it's. I'm not making it sound like an embarrassment of riches. This is one of the best defenses in the NFL. The best on third down. It's been very accomplished in the red area inside the 20 and hasn't given up much touchdown, uh, many touchdowns through six games. Everson six a sa- uh, seven sacks. Linball Joseph of course oh my, is doing blue collar lunch pail work every single snap that again goes on in, in underrated fashion. Right. And you got Hitman with that game yesterday. Oh my god. Right. A sack and a half and three picks this <laughs> season.
6: You have I think Xavier. It, That that will I think that'll all unfold as the season goes on and you do have I mean, Daniel Hunter's playing well. I mean, Daniel Hunter, when when this is the kind of thing that you see on the defense, when Harrison Smith lined up outside uh, Daniel Hunter and he came around the edge and, and got his sack,
2: mm-hmm.
6: if you watch Daniel Hunter, Daniel Hunter rushes, um, I believe it was Bakhtiari still at the time, but really he 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 he's head up on him and he almost kind of pulls him inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that shortens the corner yeah. so Harrison Smith can get around there and make you know make the play. That's just being unselfish and that's executing a defense. So you have Daniel Hunter playing well, Everson Griffin's playing well, Brian Robinson's playing well. And Robinson ever- had five hurries yesterday. I, yeah, I know. And ever and Everson said it before. Brian has said it before, how some years it's just your year. I mean he was I think it was two seasons ago, he didn't have a lot in the way of sacks or his numbers weren't great. But the opportunities just didn't, just weren't there because all it takes is a quarterback to turn one way or go, you know, go the other way into the, into a different guy. But yeah. they're all up front playing so well, and they're unselfish about it, which is great. Mm-hmm. So for this year, things are just quote unquote going right for Everson Griffin. Now you look at Harrison Smith, and all of a sudden he's making not just plays anymore, but big plays, splashy, like he exactly like he did. I think his rookie year. Yep, he has a confidence about himself now. You watch him play that game. He, I think, he had more fun playing that football game yesterday than we've seen in a long time. Right, and that happens when you get when you when you get older and you have played many years in the league. It'll it'll unfold, and I think by the end of the year it'll be pretty obvious because we'll have games that'll come down to the wire, and you need a big play, and you make them. And Everson Griffin. In Emerson Griffin type fashion. Well, did we need a sack right there at the end of the game? No. Yeah. But those are the kinds of plays. The timing of the big plays is just as important as making the big plays. And I'm, you know, Trey Waynes is playing very well. Uh, Xavier Rhodes is playing real. You know, that's how about that? Your corner, when you do your job very, very well, you get no attention. Yeah. (laughs) You get no looks. You get. You know what I mean? It's How like about Zimmer having that's the, the faith tip of the cap. To, to tell Trey Waynes,
3: your assignment is Jordy Nelson the entire game.
6: Yeah, and he did a very, very good job. With
3: or without Rodgers, it was Trey on Jordy Nelson. Yeah, and he Holy did. You know,
6: and you know, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, he's the one that saw that quick out route and avoided the pick and caused the ball to get tipped, and Xavier Rhodes intercepted yep. it. So when mm-hmm. when you when you as a coach, you throw that film up, and you remind everybody – Hey, we're all all eleven of us. It takes eleven guys to do their job and to do great things. For yep. one guy to make a make a great play, and you go from there. I mean, Harrison Smith's interception—that was just a great play. The ball should have been batted down, but in matrix-like fashion, he right caught that thing in one hand Though that was amazing. Uh, this is uh, corner shortening
3: radio. Wow,
0: what a <laughs> great NFL mind.
3: Pete Bursac, analyst, Vikings Radio Network in studio. Uh, do you give G- Green Bay? In the current
6: situation, do you give Green Bay any chance to win this division? No, not right now. I mean, it, and it's not just a Rodgers being out. Look at their look at their offensive line. They have two guy. They have two guys that they started the game with. Yeah, you had Lindsley and that Jari Evans. Yeah. That's it. Jari Evans is actually playing real well. At least what I saw. Him. Then you go to then you go to the so that's three offensive linemen that were out. Yeah. Then you go to the defense, right? Kevin King, their rookie, he's out. Quentin Rollins was out. Devon House is out. Ahmad Brooks was out. I mean, Morgan Burnett. When Lindsey Pipkins is the guy out there making plays for you, Lindsey Pipkins. Though you got you've got problems, right? So uh, it's more than just it's more than just Rodgers right now, and they are that team. I mean, that's a that's a I don't know. They should just paint a big red cross on that airplane on the way back because they need it. If you're a Packers fan, are you frustrated at the general
3: manager for the situation with the backup? Now, I mean. Now, you know what now. Now that they can get a full week with Brett Hundley, uh, who had zero career touchdown passes into yesterday's game, threw one to Devontae Adams, and you know it was the cliche deer with the headlights. And it got a little better in the second half, but it's like when we had twelve different offensive line combinations last year and five left tackles. You know there are those who would bang on personnel, saying you need to do a better job with yeah. your depth and your backups, and you know now the the stuff through which we have gone from the quarterback situation you look at you look at the quarterback situation here even to the to the um to the guy who was on the practice squad with the nice arm from northern colorado uh for whom they paid 20 large a week uh to basically hmm. three times more than a practice squad salary right. to get him here bradford those in the mix bradford keenum bridgewater sloter pretty deep at that time you spot.
6: do yeah you in i think you they the to... See what Hunley's going to do over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You have to take a look, and and I think
3: they're on have, a buy when you, we're in
6: London. You have you have plenty of reasons to be upset about that, uh, but you got to see what Hunley ultimately ends up doing, right? But yeah, you have you, you need to have a backup. You have to have a backup plan, and they. You look at their quarterback situation for the last twenty some years, it's been one guy into another. Yep. And the and Rogers was just a backup for a couple years, didn't play a whole lot, but right. that that plan they got I don't know if you want to say they got lucky or however you want to look at it. Um but Hunley's gonna have to get a hell of a lot better after a week of practice. Oh man, he had a rough day. What
3: will the city of Green Bay be like? Sans Aaron Rodgers, find out next. <music>
4: Kevin Harlan here from Monday Night Football on Westwood One. Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner and I are set for an AFC South battle. We're in Nashville as DeMarco Murray and the Tennessee Titans host T.Y. Hilton and the Indianapolis Colts. Both are looking for a division win to jumpstart their 2-3 and three records. Join us and hear the NFL all season long from Westwood One.
0: Right here on FM 100.3 KFA and the Fan. In your attic... Fully covered means fully insulated. If you can see your ceiling joists,
2: you're losing heat and money. But you can easily add blow-in insulation yourself, and the
0: Home Depot can help. The proper amount of insulation keeps your house warm and your energy bills down. And when you need more, it shows. Cover up before winter gets here. Save on insulation and get a free blow-in machine rental with any 10-bag purchase. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Napa no
3: Right now, Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil is on sale for just $4.29 a quart. Quality motor oil at an affordable price. A deal so good it practically sells itself. Which begs the question, what do we do with the rest of this commercial? Repeat the deal, I guess. Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $4.29 a quart. That's Napa know-how. Napa
0: know-how.
3: General States Pricing. Sales prices do not include
1: applicable state, local taxes, or recycling fees. Offer ends 10
5: PA. If you had a white glove and we were face-to-face right now, you would slap me. I would challenge you to a duel, and then I would carve you up like a Christmas ham.
0: On the fan.
3: Gophers football, courtesy of Goldie's locker room with Guardsy. 20 minutes from now, Kevin Lynch. From Fox Sports North, basketball analyst in studio one hour from now. Chat about uh, the Timberwolves and the NBA for a couple of segments with Kevin Lynch. And at 11.35, the head cheese, David Sinekin, host of Packer Preview, with his every Monday visit to the uh, Love Covenant. David Sinekin at about 11.35. Do you think he'll be smug despite the injury? No, no he, um, he's crestfallen. Oh. Okay. Uh, as, as are the majority of people with that fan base. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, obviously a significant L yesterday taken by maybe the most important player to any team in the National Football League, more so than Captain Cool. Because if Cool goes down, you roll in with Garoppolo. Yeah. You know, and I think you can win games with Garoppolo. I'm not sure you can win games with Brett Huntley. That's right. A uh, Bursage analyst, Vikings Radio Network in studio. The city of Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers must be a barren wasteland. Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers is the proverbial tumbleweed <laughs> blowing through a desert, a dead carcass laying in the sand, a beach without an ocean. We cut through the cheese and found a way to win. Uh, Anthony Barr's hit on Aaron Rodgers. Your thoughts?
6: Uh, I, he, what happened is Rodgers and Green Bay, we, we're as athletic as they are offensively, and... I remember when he when he gets out, he starts to scramble, and you had both Kendricks and Barr. They both kind of went after the quarterback, and they left Bennett alone, which was he was wide open yeah. when he dropped that ball.
3: But I haven't watched every I, Martellus Bennett snap this season. Uh, the drop was unacceptable. Yeah, I don't know if he's out of shape or if he's always that big. He just
6: he's hit. a big dude.
3: He looked terrible yesterday. Well,
6: you wonder if he's running down a little bit. Right. You know what I'm saying? When when you see a guy that big and well, you also he's run, not he's not he's running more routes yeah. than Well you
3: also wonder about the geez. overall
6: thing with him though, five five teams in ten years.
3: Yeah. So I mean, you know, from Boston to Denver and every NFL team in between, man, he's been there.
6: Right. And he's covered more ground than he's ever covered in his career. Mm-hmm. And he could do it for three, four weeks, but now you're getting into the grind of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the man needs a buy. Right. Um is if you I had the chance. I saw Sage Rosenfels at halftime and talked to him for a minute. And one of the things he said to me is, "They're taught as quarterbacks that when you're getting hit like that and you're going down, mm-hmm. to not it's it's it goes against every reflex that you have. Mm-hmm. It's like when you when you're falling down on your back and they say to put your chin to your chest, so your back of your head. To, it goes against everything <laughs> your your reflex. Yeah, but you don't put your arm down to brace. Because it's not just your body weight coming down, it's you plus another two hundred and seventy or two hundred and sixty five pound person, and you see him put his arm out, and that is what causes the jam in the shoulder and the breaking of the collarbone, yeah, so technically if he i think if he would have just tucked that arm and landed you know landing on himself it would it probably would not have been as bad yeah uh, I don't think the hit was egregious, I don't think it was dirty um it's it's the physical part of the game I mean. Unfortunately, he got hurt on that play. I mean, what else are you gonna say? You know, Teddy Bridgewater destroyed his knee on a non-contact injury. Yeah. It, it just happens, and I, I, to your point, you've got to be prepared for that. We've been through it, and I think seeing this and being on the field for it, our team is going to hopefully have a strength and resolve to look at Green Bay and say, "Yeah, hey, we've been through it, we've been through it. Look, you know, and we're still here." And look what we've done, and and hopefully that'll add some fuel to the fire. I mean, it's wide open. Now look at the look how much the season's changed in three weeks. It's unbelievable. That's yeah, ridiculous. You lose to Detroit, and, you're, and I'm thinking there. Okay, yeah. here we go, Detroit again. And, and well, we got. I mean, let, let let's
3: go back to Pittsburgh. Three and a half hours before the game, <laughs> watching Bradford on the field, going yeah. like, oh my God, what is happening right now? Off this Monday night, right. unbelievable performance we saw against New Orleans. You know, then we lose that game. Then you kill Tampa. Then you can't catch interceptions. Amir Abdul is getting far too many yards against an upper echelon defense, and you're dropping the ball against Detroit. And you know, you feel like you did enough to beat Detroit again, but you've lost to the Lions. And then uh, Keenum comes in on Monday Night Football, goes 17 of 21. Then yesterday you win the border battle. For me, there have been a couple times this year where I'm like, God, are we really going to be eight and eight again? And then yesterday, before I drove home, I'm texting Chief Operating Officer Kevin Warren, making sure we get the Vox box for the Super Bowl.
6: I always love that. Hey, and hey those,
3: Kevin, the Commissioner's in town.
6: And those are before the before
3: he leaves. Yeah. Can you make sure if the Vikings are in the Super Bowl, we get to stay in our spot for the game call?
6: I always love that. Those those are the ups and downs of a season, and you have to weather those, and mm. and you can't get to. That's why. That's why players and coaches are day to day, week to week. That's it. You you can't get too high. You can't get too low because it'll wear you out. We as yeah. fans, we love this stuff. I mean, you, it's it just gives you some it's it's gratifying because when you hang in there and you hang in there to see to see things turn and go well. Yeah, I mean the you know like you said, surviving the Bradfordells and surviving what happened in Pittsburgh and surviving and now all of a sudden, hey, we're in you know we're in, now the only thing we have to worry about is getting too confident. Yeah, great. Let's just stay here for a while. Let's yeah, the Ravens a, and the Browns are terrible. Right, let's beat a couple teams that we should beat, yeah. and I don't. And again, and then I'll, relax and during the bye. And I will say this right now: if we beat Baltimore and Cleveland by one point each, that's yeah. enough. Perfect. You do, you can't beat them by enough to make Same. people happy,
3: especially so in this NFC. You're, where, you're right. I mean, the Rams got a little the Rams got a little swagger. We'll figure that out second part of the season. Uh, super chickens are super chickens. I mean, Seattle Seattle's battle tested. Gotta respect the, uh, the Seahawks. And then you got your boy Carson Wentz with these Philadelphia Eagles looking like the best team in the NFC. Falcons can't write off the Falcons, but I mean it is fact, the team lost at home to the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins.
6: Yeah. So something's goofy there. And I have this confidence because our defense is a low scoring defense they've been for a long time. They're playing very well right now. Yeah. That right there makes makes me confident in the next 8, you know, well, we've got 10 more games to go. Yeah.
3: Bursagen studio, analyst, Vikings Radio Network. He mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy had a tweet an hour and change ago. Two words, thank you. So then people around the country, from a media standpoint, started speculating. Now Chris Mortensen with ESPN has reported Teddy Bridgewater has been cleared by his surgeon in Dallas to resume practicing with the Minnesota Vikings. Next step for the Vikings will be to take Theodore from the physically un- unable to perform put him on the active roster and either cut somebody or move somebody to the practice squad and cut that individual or whatever right so with a lot of assumptions being made here and the chief assumption being that if if indeed Bridgewater like Mortensen says is ready to go what what do you do with the quarterback situation moving forward because yesterday The well-respected Jay Glazer had a tweet that he has steam, that Bradford's knee is worse than anybody thinks. It's a chronic problem that may cost him the season. So now, I mean, in the fluidity game, speculating could be Bradford IR, Keenum, Bridgewater, Slaughter stays, or back-to-practice squad. I mean, this is a lot of moving
6: parts here, Peter. Slaughter will stay until Teddy is ready to go in on one play notice. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of the that's the thing with Teddy. You know, when he comes back, he's healthy, meaning he can go ahead and participate 100%. But what is his 100%? How far off is he? Is he ready at a, <clears throat> one snap notice to get in there and yeah. play? So they may activate him, but you're going to have to keep Slaughter around, I think, for at least, a, at least probably to the bye. Yeah. Before you have have a chance to say, yeah, Teddy, if something happens right right now to uh, Case Keenum, that Teddy can step in the next snap and and be competitive and play. You would know more than me because you coached and played, but I I watch a lot of practice. With Bridgewater,
3: if he goes active and becomes a quarterback on the roster, is the first step having him run scout team? Where he's the, he mimics the
6: quarterback for the yeah, opposition I mean, that, up to games. If you need to get him some snaps, and absolutely, that'd be a great way to. because right. you run two minute drills and do those things, it'd be right. great for him to do that. And then you get a good, you get a really good idea of where he is. Because mm-hmm. all you know when he passes all the physicals is that he can participate fully. He can push himself as far as he can and not risk re injury. Yep. So where it, where is that? Now he's been at Winter Park every day. Uh so they should have a pretty they should have a really good idea of where he falls in all of this. Yep. But it's just the football related stuff that you can only do in practice that they have to see. So yeah. I would think that they would activate him. Keep... And you don't really know until games either, right? I mean You're look right.
3: at, look at Bradford. I mean I stick by what I said because the practices up to the Bears game were Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Fall perfectly time for me to uh to take in all the practices and I watched a lot of practice that week. And Bradford was terrific, and a lot of these throws in non-game situations, he would plan on that left knee, and the pass would be on time. And then the Monday night debacle, I was—I said it to you, you know, but yeah. b- between calls during breaks, this is not the same guy that I saw over the weekend. So game
6: situation is completely different than than Theodore in practice, though. And so, and I look at it and say, I saw what happened, what, you know, when he was. You see him play that game. He gets hurt. You see, he, all I know is he had how many weeks off? Three. Oh, Bradford. Yeah, comes back, and not only not only did he not look a hundred percent from the beginning, but he regressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he regressed as that half went on. Yeah, and, and then the mental, physical, the ball, when the ball, the physical, I mean, when the ball is snapped, and he's staring at the rush, yeah, and not even looking downfield. Yeah, he gets bumped and he goes down. To me. I look at that and say, "There's four weeks, and he has, hes not—he's worse, right? So, do I think he's going to get better in another four weeks from now? Yeah. No. You see, you know, that, that's just the mindset I'm—I'm I'm in yeah. as an observer, just like everybody else. And I would say, you know what? God bless him. Hope he gets better, but we can't count on him right now. If the Glazer bit is right and it's chronic and it's season
3: over, I mean, he—I think Glazer's tweet speculated could be a career end. Yeah. It—I mean, what a blink of an eye. Sam Bradford with the Minnesota Vikings, twenty touchdowns, five picks last year. We go eight and eight. He's here a week in front of the season because of somebody else's misfortune. So, NFC Offensive Player of the Week against New Orleans Monday Night Football. Then gone. Would any, all of a
6: it's just gone. Let me ask you this: Would anybody have been upset if they extended Bradford after a break oh. in the record for completion percentages? And oh, now look wow. at what you'd be staring at. Holy cow! Right, and <laughs> you know. So sometimes the non, you know, we don't right. know where that contract went or what right. he could have. Bradford could have been 100%, and I'll play this year, and I don't yeah. want But, man, what if Bradford, think about that. If you if, were sitting on $20 million looking at him saying. What if Bradford
3: had backed up his truck in Mankato after going through the entire offseason and then heading into a contract year, had backed up his truck or car, and said, you've seen enough, and I've practiced with you in Mankato. You know what I can do. Yeah. This truck is heading to Oklahoma unless you give me some form of extended deal. And Bridgewater's not there. Keenum doesn't look like anything great in the off season. Slaughter's not even on the team. Right? You got Heineke. So I mean, <laughs> if 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 the Bradford camp had played hardball like that at
6: training camp, holy cow, would we be in we, the spot? We've never seen that happen. Where a Dante Culpepper just right. left camp because yeah. he wanted to get extended? Oh, that, yeah. that, that doesn't happen. Yeah, McKinney showed up on time <laughs> and it
3: was
0: all good.
6: Stuff like that never happens. So in the big picture of things everyone you look at the signings and the good things that you, but sometimes yeah. when you wait i it, it's no matter what you say mm-hmm. this league is so set up for for everything to be 500 and yeah. if you do everything right you're still yeah. on that cusp and you just need a couple things to go your way and hey. fortunately that didn't happen if you're 6
3: and 2 into the buy and you come out of the buy you go play washington to begin three consecutive road games if you're six and two, and Keenum has all those wins save one, and Bridgewater's ready,
6: who's your quarterback? No, I, I stay with Keenum as long Keenum. as I can.
3: Yeah, and, and that and the, that the only could thing that's the gonna, whole season.
6: And I'm telling you this: the only thing that's going to derail either Jarek McKinnon or, or Case Keenum is are the turnovers. Yeah, I mean Jarek McKinnon has been he has filled a void of explosive plays that has all of made all of us step back and say, oh my, you know this this is what we needed. Yeah, just the turnovers. One on a wildcat, eh, the other fumble. Uh, same thing with Keenum. As long as he's not throwing the ball to the other team, we will be fine, right? And we will be competitive because our defense is what it is. And I always go back to the defense. Through you know, you have ten games left. Yep. Are they? They're going to give up seventeen points a game over the next ten weeks. That's just what they do. So the offense has to go about that, and one of the, the best way of doing it is not turn the ball over. Green Bay would have been shut out had we not. Fumbled the ball, right, and thrown an interception, right. We probably would have shut them out or kept them to six or three. So, it's Case's job as long as he can't be afraid to make plays. Mm-hmm. But and that ball floated a little bit at times yesterday, yeah, which concerned me. No, it floats all the time. You, you know, it's,
3: it's when it comes from Keenum's arm. You know, I mean, chatting with the receivers about it, that they they would better be able to say throws a good ball, throws it on time, good anticipatory skills. You know, there there was an individual for the Vikings team yesterday with whom I chatted after the game, who is a skill position guy offensively, who yeah. was beaten up, and it's because of passes that float, and you get them, and you know you're going to get hit.
6: Mm-hmm. You know, and and he he floats those things a little yeah, bit. It is what it is. Right. It's not as long as he's floating them to us, and not to, the only thing I've ever the only thing I've seen too is is a couple opportunities deep that he's missed. Um, but like I said, that's. That's okay. I mean, if as long as you're not—I mean, that's the thing. As long as you're not throwing, turning the ball over, you're not yeah. back there throwing two touchdowns and maybe three picks, we can live with it. Wednesday night, life changer. <laughs> Hill, uh, two win Hill Murray,
3: three win St. Thomas Academy. Uh, throw the records out the proverbial window. Window. It is Pete Bursich, analyst, Vikings Radio Network. Chad Abbott, executive producer, of Vikings Radio Network, and program director for FM one hundred point three, The Fam. DB's coach for St. Thomas Academy. You are the head coach of the Hill-Murray Pioneers. It's a family
6: affair. Those forces
3: meet on Wednesday evening. How about that? And forget the analyzing Viking football. Put all that to the side. Uh, Okay. When's the last time you wanted to win a game? (laughs) This badly, <laughs> and go ahead and give me the cliches. It's for the kids, and we're a two-win team, and I want the parents a week to be happy. A,
6: a week ago, right? A week ago, yeah, against Saint Paul, yeah, right? That's a, yeah, that's the right. last time I wanted to win the game. This is, is Wednesday you know, a life changer? This is, uh it's it's big. It's a rivalry that that has had existed like none other. Well, twenty some, yeah. I mean, in it, it, it kind of, it went away for a while. And now it's it's back, so that's I think it's a great thing. It's a great thing for for the Catholic schools. It's a great thing for football, and it's going to be fun. It's I, I, we're not going to be able to throw the ball an inch because their DBs are just dialed in. Right, well, I way mean, to knock your quarterback. Well, no, I'm saying the, the, the DBs are that good. Yeah. Who coaches the uh, DBs
3: at St. Thomas? Thank yeah. you. Right. Yeah. Way to uh, give your <laughs> offensive coordinator the old boost of confidence the into the game. That's great. <laughs> All right, see you Wednesday. All right, man, we'll see you. Pete the Generalist Vikings Radio Network. Guardsy on uh, Sky Uman next.
0: You're listening to PA. We're
1: not Dunk City, but we're Dunk Township.
0: On the fan.
6: Second and goal from
3: the nine. Croft to throw. Fires toward the end zone. Caught!
0: Minnesota Golden Gophers, a three TV night. JG.
3: Courtesy of Goldie's Locker Room, Justin Guard in studio, nine to noon, joins the radio production weekly to chat Golden Gophers football. He's the sideline analyst for the Golden Gophers radio network, Illinois, on the docket uh, this weekend, by all accounts. uh, A very winnable game, but when you've lost three consecutive in the Big Ten, uh, that could be up for debate. We can analyze that later in the week as Justin joins us now, courtesy of Goldie's Locker Room Store. This, um, This Lansing State Journal story you just retweeted, uh, beat the Gophers now because PJ Fleck will wi- will win at Minnesota. I have not read the story. What uh, what's it all about?
7: Uh, basically, just that he's done it before. He'll do it again. And these are people with the uh, the front porch look, so to speak. It was kind of interesting having Michigan State in town this weekend. Obviously given that Kalamazoo is fairly close to Lansing, it's close to Ann Arbor. These schools have played Michigan State and Western Michigan a lot. Yeah. Kind of interesting, just the whole week. That you know that was from last week, one of the Lansing State Journal columnists who talked about it. It was basically, hey, kids like him. We've seen it firsthand. He's going to recruit good players. He's going to uh, recruit high-caliber players, and yep. he's probably going to win. So that was basically it. I mean, the headline, I think, kind of tells it all. And it was interesting talking with one of the uh, radio guys from Michigan State as well who had the front porch look and just said, "Yeah, I believe in him I, I saw what he did in Kalamazoo. You guys don't understand how bad that program was historically, things mm-hmm. he did there. Mm-hmm. They had some success, like Bill cubit was a decent coach there. He was at Illinois for a while as well, yeah, uh, but they'd never had the type of success that western Michigan had with p j so that was basically the gist. It was interesting to hear that though coming from people that had been around him and you know if you if you knew college football, you knew who PJ Fleck was but if yep. you didn't and you were just kind of a casual guy. You probably didn't know a whole lot about him so, uh, coming in. So it was interesting to hear from people that had spent a lot of time around him.
3: Uh, driving to U.S. Bank Stadium yesterday listening to Bonus Cake Show, mm-hmm. you got into it right out of the gate. Demry Croft replacing Connor Roda. Uh, that is the yay topic for the program right now, right? It
7: is. And really, it's you know, thankfully for them, I think it gives them something, the fans, to look forward to. And it gives them something to at least latch onto for a couple of weeks, depending on how the rest of this thing goes. Yeah. And it was, you know, I I, I got to be honest, I was surprised. I think Sauce even asked me on Saturdays with Sauce, which made its return this last week. Um, will Demaryius Croft play if Connor Rota struggles? And I actually said no. I thought he still just how how, how PJ had been talking about doing the right thing on and off the field. You've got to work your way back into it. Yeah, I thought and the stuff he said last week about you know Connor being the best quarterback that we have right now. I was surprised. Um, now, when you put together, I think Connor was five of twelve offense was diseased the entire first half. Made a bunch of sense to give Demry a shot and I think Demry did a good job with it. Unfortunately for him, he only had 3 plays or 4 plays in the in the third quarter because Michigan State kept the ball for like 13 and a half minutes and just ran and ran and ran and ran. Yeah, but I think we saw you saw what has intrigued us about Demry for a long time going back to his true freshman season. The ball, he stands tall in the pocket, the ball looks great coming out of his hand. When he's accurate like he was on Saturday, good things can happen. And as PJ told me post game, he can create. He can get himself out of trouble a little bit. And that's what he did on all of those three touchdown drives. There were times he got sacked twice. There were times when he could have been sacked, got out of it, kept his eyes down the field, found Tyler Johnson, went a pie for it or somebody else. Yeah. And so now it's going to be the biggest question is it's easy to go in in that spot. And that's what I got into on Sunday it's easy when you're down 30-13 to or whatever and you know that you're just going to throw it and there really are no ramifications for any bad decision you make because the game's lost. Kind of easy to go into that spot and be productive. Now it's okay. You earn another opportunity. You probably are going to be the starter against Illinois. What do you do with that? Because the issue with Demry has always been consistency. He's shown flashes in practice for years, yep. but he just hasn't been able to do it day after day after day after day, so that's the next test for
6: him.
3: Went a pie for it at three touchdowns and 106 receiving yards on six receptions. Golden Gophers lose to Michigan State 30-27. to uh, was it miserable at TCF Bank Stadium because of the wind and the rain? Not uh, speaking for or myself, was it like surreal, old school outdoor football? I pit? didn't
7: mind it. Yeah, maybe it's just because I'm used to the rain because that's the third time we've had rain this season. Right. From Corvallis to West Lafayette last week. I think the fans, because they'd been tailgating for like six hours, had a decent time. The the ones that stuck around, certainly the ones I talked to after the rain delay, Mm. if they remember those conversations, will remember that they had an awesome time. It wasn't that bad. I mean, you prepare for it. You've got the rain gear. Everybody's got garbage bags. And then there was a period where it just kind of stopped until the fourth quarter. So once that main rain part got going and after the evacuation and the delay and everything... I really didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't cold. I didn't think you know it was 50s for a while. Then it was 40s. So we've had much worse in, in torrential rains like that. So I thought it was fine, but that's just
3: me. the The quarterback situation will be the top talker uh, for this team, I would imagine, up to the Illinois game, mm-hmm. uh, maybe for obvious reasons, but in in. You know, rather closely watching the last three games, I was a little in and out of the the Michigan State game, but looking at the box score, 25 carries, 194 rushing yards for L.J. Scott. Um, I saw him break off some long ones, not like Andy's lose, 60s or 70s, but just a chunk of 20s and change yes. and a 30 or a 33 or something. Overall, they go for 245. Uh, the run defense in the, Maryland, in the Maryland game was a legitimate major problem. And what would frustrate me if, if if I was within this covenant, and you know more about it than me, the Purdue game after the weather delay, because Purdue was a passing team, and Purdue ran it and ran off some pretty significant chunks later in the game to to help win that game. So, the, I mean, the the program's A topic right now is rush defense or lack thereof, in my opinion.
7: Yes, and it's been a big problem since Big Ten play. And you know, defense in general, they're not a defense for a number of different reasons that can live like they've lived in the past, where they would let a team move down the field, they would tighten up in the red zone, they would force field goals. What's happening this year is teams are moving and they're scoring touchdowns. Now, the defense in the second half, I think when your offense gives you four plays in yeah. the third quarter... That's a tough place to be. I thought the defense played pretty well given the situations they were put in in the first half. But there are some runs where you just look and you just, I mean, LJ Scott, I think on his last touchdown, I get him confused because he had an unbelievable day. It was like a 25 yard, yeah, maybe 15 yard touchdown. And he literally just followed a guy into the end zone and nobody touched him. I mean, Grim said it on the play by play. He said not one person touched him. It was the bit where he like had his back on his blocker and he's just like, take me home, brother. And that's basically what happened. Um, that's what you know. Now that's what Michigan State does. L.J. Scott's a hell of a back, you know, from his true freshman year, where he basically willed them to a Big Ten championship a couple of years ago. He's good. He's been injured. He had some fumbling problems. Obviously, he was healthy on Saturday and he played really well. But mm-hmm. that is the the biggest problem is d- defensively this year they've had issues getting off the field on third down. And like I said, their offense does them no favors. Michigan State starts the second half with a good drive coming out of halftime, which you would expect from a well coached team like they are. They score. Gophers get the ball back, go three and out. Nine minutes later, the Gophers get the ball again. I mean, the third quarter's just gone. You've given yourself no margin for error. So it's a combination of a lot of things. I thought the defense did well, given the circumstances in the first half, and then in the second half, they I think they were just out there too long, and Michigan State just wears you down like that.
3: Well, Lovey's team, any good, no. awful? Well, here's what I'll
7: say. Uh, Rutgers threw the ball 12 times Jeez. against them. And basically dominated the game, I think Illinois wow. scored a couple of touchdowns late. I actually sadly Lovely, though I watched a, a lot of that game i don't know why there really wasn't a lot going on at eleven besides Michigan and Indiana. They're, yeah, they're playing a lot of young guys. Your guy, You should get your guy, Jeff George, on the show this week. I oh, know yeah, you texted him talk more. In the Is he texting you about the Packers job yet? No. Because <laughs> Jeff George Jr. Always, uh, now plays for them. He's played yeah. for them for the last couple of years. So, yeah, Illinois struggling. Rutgers hadn't won a Big Ten game in the Chris Ash era. Wow. And they took care of that this past Saturday. So they've got a lot of young guys. They have played better. They yeah. hung with Iowa for a while, two yeah. weeks ago. And then Iowa scored a bunch of touchdowns late to to make that score a little bit different. Mace yep. has had them a couple of times. Says that they're young, but they are they are getting better. But the Gophers, I think I saw, are like a 12- or 13-point favorite, mm-hmm. which tells you a lot, I think, about where Illinois is right now. They're struggling.
3: Uh, last one. With the P.J. Fleck process, obviously he there's a lot of faith put in him by the president of the university, the athletic director, and he's a very confident guy in his culture and in his process because if it if if the quote culture end quote is not being followed exactly how he wants it, he'll sit you mm-hmm. i mean there 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 have been some of the better players on this team who are not playing because of whatever went wrong, you know where you can just tell that there's a deeply rooted belief in him from the powers that will be that what we are seeing right now is not indicative of the, of what we believe the future results will be right
7: I think this is a pretty typical first year when you're laying foundations for what you want. And, and things didn't absolutely have to change 180 degrees. I mean, this Jerry Kill and Tracy Clays ran a pretty good program for six years, right? So there's a lot of good kids in this program. But it, it also is interesting, like, year one, how it feels the same almost as year one with Jerry. And I assume before, before my time, where you just... There are things, there are growing pains that happen, and you hire a coach, you pay him three and a half million dollars, and you kind of let him do what he wants to do. Yeah. He knows, PJ knows, like, well, I can go four and eight this year. I can completely bottom out. What are they going to do? They're not going to fire me. They're right. not gonna, unless something major happens off the field or there's something crazy like that, right? Which nobody anticipates. Yeah. So I think it's pretty typical that he just there's not a lot of pressure on him to win year one. So what do you do? You establish things that are important to you in terms of on the field, off the field, whatever, and you make sure all of those things get followed and. That, that's why I was surprised demry uh, played, because I thought he might make him earn it a little bit more. But now he's back. Now he's probably the starter, and, and yeah. they're going to keep moving forward.
3: Thank you, JG. Thank you. Justin Guard. weekly 9 to noon, courtesy of Goldie's Locker Room Store. Back after this.
0: Time now for the Vikings report on the fan. Presented by Quick Trip, the preferred convenience store of the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer joins PA after this from Quick Trip. 10.43,
3: 9 to noon, news Dunor, Nord. take it away.
5: News de Nord Brought to you by Canterbury's Card Casino. No more live racing, but poker, blackjack, table games. All good all year round. Go to CanterburyPark.com for all the event details.
7: Number one.
5: Let's skate on over to the
1: NHL. Panarin able to free it. Get it off for Seth Jones, who slows him briefly. Now Winberg joins the rush into the Minnesota zone. Off for Panarin. Panarin in the slot. He's dangerous. Takes a shot. And Benberg scores on the rebound. It deflected it off Winberg, and Columbus wins here in overtime, 47 seconds into overtime. Winberg, the goal scorer from Panarin, it's 5-4 Blue Jackets. Yeah,
5: that was the final on Saturday. You would have heard that on Cool 108 as we were dueling with the uh, Gophers-Michigan State game here on the fan. Uh, Injury riddled wild, now 1-1-2 on the season. I mean, look at this. We got Felino hoping to return after the face fracture bit. Mikael Granlin, skating, but still a question mark with the groin. Zach Parisi, struggling to get back to 100% with that back. Charlie Coyle, broken leg, out a couple months. Nino Niederreiter a few weeks with a sprained sprain ankle. I mean, we were successful last year, PA, because we avoided these things. Now we're getting pounded on. Uh, we've given up four goals and or five in three of the four games. Yeah. Uh, difficult start, treading water for Boudreaux's bunch.
3: And I thought, um, I thought the team Saturday evening was was gritty, given everything you just laid out. And I don't, I don't follow Columbus Blue Jackets hockey very closely, but in watching a fair amount of the game, or at least flipping back and forth with the Gophers and some other stuff, uh, Columbus is good. Col- yeah. Columbus has some really good players, and the goalie's good too. Bob, Bob Roski, I believe. Yes. Uh, and we got a bunch of goals off him, which, which in a situation like that, you should win. Uh, the We on, were
5: up 4 2 into the third period well, as well.
3: On the goal, the rebound that made it 5 4. God bless Jason Zucker, my main man. Carly Applin, power trip. The hit Zucker put on the guy who scored the game winner. You got to watch it. He hits the guy to try to get him from the right of Dubnik. Yeah. And the guy didn't move and Zucker fell back. So it, um, I would imagine there was some net front terrorism uh, through which we could not get. Um I thought it would be a lower scoring game. When do we play again? God this ske- get this early season schedule, the schedule is so sucks. Stupid. Not
5: until Friday. But the, we- the weird thing about it so You have the game on Saturday. Now you're off until Friday, but you got to play back-to-back. Really? You go to Winnipeg and then Calgary Saturday. Uh, You get six straight at home starting Tuesday against Vancouver. So next Tuesday, I should say. Russo Radio in studio tomorrow, 9 a.m. Mañana. Number two. Uh, baseball playoffs. Justin Verlander complete game, thirteen Ks in Game Two for the Houston Astros. Houston up on the Yanks, two nothing in that best of seven. First pitch tonight, seven o eight. Game three, NLCS. Justin Turner, bottom nine. Uh, basically, was it Kurt Gibson? Who did uh, who had the hit in the World Series, like in 1988 or something like that?
3: The walk off off Dennis Eckersley against the Athletics, it was lit. It's got to be near
5: that anniversary of some sort. Justin Turner three run shot off John Lackey to notch a uh, game two win for the Dodgers. They're up two nothing over the Cubs. Wow. Uh, Cubs and Astros or Dodgers oh, and Astros in the World Series? You think?
3: I don't. I don't know about you, ma'am. Aaron Gleeman in studio Wednesday to carry us through it. Yeah. I watched every pitch of the Keuchel start game one ALCS. I'm out. I mean, I'm just out. I got to no, get back. It. I got to get back in. But I'm out. I haven't watched one pitch of NLCS. You know, you can some of these college football games are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You got the wild. We had the life changer yesterday. Border battle one fourteen. You got Gophers football. You have real life. You only got so much time, man. You got Netflix. You got. You got a chill. You got the internet. So I. I, I am not the one to ask about that. I just am not watching.
5: And Premier League soccer as well. Number three. <laughs> uh, let's get to this. It was the A topic in the Vikings game yesterday.
3: Vikings rush four. Rodgers. Looking left, sees nothing. Flushed out to the right. Hit as he throws. Drop by Martellus Bennett. And Anthony Barr smacked Aaron Rodgers, who's down at the 30-yard line. Anthony Barr smacked Aaron Rodgers right as he threw the ball. And Rodgers is writhing in pain on the ground. Greg Coleman on the sidelines. Guys, officially
2: the Green Bay Packers have announced that quarterback Aaron
3: Rodgers has a broken collarbone and could be lost for the season. That was yesterday.
5: Flashback to 2013, PA. Uh, a 5-2 and two Packers bunch with Chicago Bears just a week after beating us 44-31 or something like that at uh, Mall of America Field. Yep. I think uh, Cordero had a kick return touchdown in that yep. game, and then it got super negative. At any rate, on their first possession of this Bears game in 2013, Shea McClellan wow. got nasty on Rodgers, breaks his left collarbone. He's out that entire game, and then seven more to go with it. Uh, they were 2-5-1 and one, uh, without him, including that loss to the Bears. And uh, the Vikings tied them at Lambo with yeah. Matt Flynn. That was ugly. At any rate, the yeah. Pack still yeah, won. Peter- the-
3: Peterson had a run early in the third quarter where I can't remember the quarter- back who ran him down. He saved the game. Peterson had a long run, couldn't get into the end zone, and then Ponder threw a pass right to Morgan Burnett. I mean, guy was wide open in the end zone right to Morgan Burnett. And, um... Yeah, we, we, yeah, I'll never forget that game. That was a frustrating tie. Skull stories, though.
5: So fast forward to this. Uh, they still won the division that that year. Remember how bad the division was in 2013 where 8-7-1 yeah. and one got you in? Wow. Uh, they lost by a field goal to uh, Kaepernick's 49ers oh, yeah. that year, by the way. Maybe Niners that game will come Bowl, up again. I think, I think they did. Yep. Um, he's out potentially for the rest of the entire season. Uh, If the division is not as bad as it was in 2013, do you see them being a factor in the NFC North for the remainder
3: of games? Well, I I have a high level of respect for their coaching staff, and that's not just McCarthy and or Dom Capers. You know, and and I put that on Twitter yesterday, and Packers fans... They got uh, after you. Packers fans are gripping right now. I mean, they're gripping because Juicy A-Rod is probably out for the season. And they have more case examples than do I with McCarthy and or Capers. I think McCarthy and Capers, with or without Aaron Rodgers, do good work. If they can get... They, they they have a bye coming up. They get the Saints at Lambeau Field, and then they get a bye. So the bye's coming at a good time for the green and gold. Uh, beating the Saints next week, that's going to be tough. I mean, Drew Brees has this team rolling right now, and week number one with Anzalone and uh, and and Cam Jordan and, and some of these new defensive players, we were talking about saying... This defense, you want to get it now because it's fast and it's going to get better. That's starting to happen despite some things that transpired yesterday. So, long story longer, um, I, I still give them a puncher's chance to make life difficult on teams in the NFC North. A puncher's chance. Okay. Not, not by. I make them the third favorite to, to win the division. I dig it
5: number four. And as one NFC North quarterback goes away for a while, one might be coming
3: back. Shotgun first and ten in Chargers territory. Teddy steps up, loops it, caught. Rudolph five, touchdown (laughs) Viking. Kyle Rudolph dropped the ball earlier in the game. The Chargers got three. So he comes right back and says, I'll double that up, I'll score a touchdown and give you the lead.
5: If you remember that throw by Teddy Bridgewater, we were like, It's happening. We got him. We got him. Uh, And it didn't work out that fateful day, August 30th, 30th, I believe, 2016. It was announced today after meeting with his surgeon who performed uh, the repair work necessary on Teddy Bridgewater's knee that he has been cleared to practice. He's still currently on the pup list. Mm -hmm. Vikings can activate him. I've seen a tweet already by Ian Rappaport saying that, the Vikings intend to activate him either this week, which means he can practice as soon as Wednesday, yeah. or next week potentially, uh, but Teddy Bridgewater might be making his return to the purple and gold sooner than later.
3: Props to the general manager, Rick Spielman, and his staff you lose Teddy, uncomfortable situation got to trade a one to get Bradford, you get Sam, uh, you get through the 8-8 eight and eight behind the bad offensive line and no running game, uh, while Teddy men's uh, you have multiple and myriad backup quarterback options this offseason. And they opt for Case Keenum, and he fits the way Shermer calls the offense. It really worked, and it really, really was a it was a great move by Spielman uh, and and his uh, pro staff, his, his pro uh, analysis staff to bring in Keenum. Look at Case; Case can play, and um, and now they have Teddy on the horizon. And yeah. I'm telling you, Slaughter looks good. The, this Kyle Slaughter, I don't know if he'll ever play in an NFL game, physically speaking. You know, I'm going to make him sound like McLeod Bethel Thompson, but his oh. arm's fantastic. Now now he just needs to get a chance and see the game clearly. But Spielman saved the season with this quarterback situation because with Bradford down and maybe down for quite some time, in and Bridgewater, the big horse is still in the barn. And he's coming out of the barn, and he's about set to run. This quarterback situation here ain't bad.
7: Number five.
5: Uh, throughout the week, I'm sure it'll come up. Adrian Peterson, a buck 34, two TDs in his debut with Arizona. Uh, Detroit, now... Matthew Stafford is getting his ass kicked right now. 17 sacks in the last three games. They allow 52 points to New Orleans. Chicago beats the Ravens on the road. Colin Kaepernick might be a name coming up, or at least refusing to leave the news by way of an a grievance that he has filed with the NFL. And then uh, my final nugget of the day, Martavis Bryant, wide receiver, of the Pittsburgh Steelers reportedly asking for a trade. Whoa. Uh, Only 34 targets on the season. What a buzzkill. I know, and I guess... You go to
3: Kansas City and beat the only undefeated team in the NFL, and then somebody goes, me first, and asks for a trade?
5: Well, he missed the entire 2016 season to suspension. I think he had missed four or six games prior to that, and it's all, I believe, marijuana-related with Martavis. Can't stop getting high. Uh, But he's probably frustrated that... Uh, Antonio Brown, 74 targets. We know he's a playmaker. If you saw that touchdown he had yesterday. Le'Veon, 39 targets out of the backfield. And then 34, uh, a paltry, uh, 34 targets for Martavis. He's unhappy, wants to get out of there.
3: Speaking of marijuana, a man very pro uh, for legalizing marijuana in the state of uh, Minnesota joins us in studio next as we uh, discuss the National Basketball (laughs) Association and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Kevin Lynch, Fox Sports North, follows that joke when 9 to Noon continues.
0: You're listening to PA.
3: I feel like you asked me this question three years ago in the same spot right here. But but. I forgot the answer.
0: (laughs) On the Fan. Work your body liner. what? Work, work, work Sonora. Work it all the time. Damn real. My girl's name is Sonora. I tell you friends I adore her. And when she dances oh brother, she's a hurricane in all kinds Wobby. of ways. Jump in the line. Rock your body on time. All right. Yeah, I believe you jump in the line. Right. Rock your body and time. Okay. real. I believe you jump in the line. Rock your body on time. Okay. Thank you. I believe you jump in the line. Rock your body Damn,
1: Shake what? Shake,
0: shake, shake, Sinora, shake your body line. Shake what? Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Uh-huh. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. Uh-huh. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. Shake what? You can talk about cha-cha. Kevin
3: Lynch, former Mr. <inaudible> basketball in the state of Minnesota, played in the National Basketball Association with Larry Johnson and Alonzo Morning and Kendall Gill and he analyzes basketball for profit for Fox Sports North. He's in studio now. Welcome back to the Love Covenant. Kevin Lynch with the Minnesota Timberwolves debuting this week. You'll be on my and our TVs uh, a lot this fall and winter. Are you excited
2: about the prospects? And welcome back to the 9 to Noon radio show. Yeah, it's been a while. Last season maybe? I don't know. Um, I'm actually impressed that I'm here a day after a Vikings game. What do you mean? Uh, just, you know, a lot of football talk, Vikings talk, all that kind of good stuff. So well, you're, you're, the fact that you invited me, I was a little
3: surprised. Yeah, but you're a difficult pers- person with whom to deal. So wh- <laughs> why I say, why why I focus on your high-maintenance ways is Wolves debut Wednesday. Right. Love to have you Wednesday. Can't do it, Paul. Okay, what about Friday, home opener? Wednesday's can't tough. do it, Paul. What about Thursday? Got a lunch date. Tuesday, I can't because I got somebody in here. So today was the only day, and the team debuts in a couple of days, and the association begins tomorrow. But I'm crestfallen right now. Not to narrow cast those listening to Nine to Noon who personally know the congenial, affable, and cherubic Kevin Lynch are frustrated right now. And that includes me. because uh, here we go. Here we go. We are both. Of the Eden Prairie Living Variety. And uh, late last week, when I ran into you at the target attached to Eden Prairie Center, yep. and I saw that goatee. It was <laughs> it was life changing. Really? I mean, being a male comfortable with complimenting another male, you wanted to
2: talk about Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the goatee. <laughs> you know, actually, it wasn't just a goatee, but that's just kind of how it grows in. Yeah. It looks like a goatee, oh, like yeah. I've been shaping it and stuff, but it just, it just, it was basically a beard. Yeah. But I don't get it much on my sides, really? just kind of in front, so whatever. You don't get what much on the side? Just like, you know, like to, to grow like the lamb chops oh, would bad. be tough because it's not really thick on oh, my yeah. cheeks, but on my yeah. chin and under my nose, it's, it comes in pretty good. Very disappointing. I'm sorry to disappoint you.
3: You're, 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 a, han- you're a handsome fellow. And I can understand in the ways of corporate America oh, with right. those beating you down <laughs> undoubtedly about facial hair and haircuts and this is TV Kevin and got gotta get a new array of suits and you need to shave and just the whole thing and got um, super uh, super special handy next to you it's going to be a big season Kevin big season coming up on old Fox Sports North you better look the part you let corporate America beat that goatee off your face and I'm telling you right now oh, that's that a... goatee made you
2: look tough. Uh, you know, you that's... look
3: angelic. It made at, you at, look tough.
2: At this point in my life is looking tough important? I don't know if I'm 25 or t- hey. whatever, maybe that's important at that, those ages, but at this point, come on.
3: I don't I don't mean to skew super old even though I am 51 and what are you, 48? Yes. Okay. I I don't mean Charles Bronson tough. To 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 not skew as old as, as referencing that vigilante, but like when I hear tough, that that's what I think. Charles Bronson was tough. Okay, okay, not that tough. You just had Jenna quoi. Angelic Kevin Lynch profits. <laughs> you can profit with Angelic Kevin Lynch. All right, that goatee though. I mean, can you, wow. can you Can you bring it back and try it? This really affected you, huh? Well, you know you know who the judge should have been not the hierarchy or the brass at Fox Sports North beating you down about how they think you have to look, Marnie Gellner. I think you should, because Marnie knows what you look like. Marnie covers the wolves. Marnie has your and the station's best interest. You should you should have you, you should have had you should have been comfortable enough to text her a picture with the goatee and said pondering goatee for 1718 season, your thoughts. And let Miss Marnie determine
2: what what the best look was for Kevin Lynch? Wow, I mean, you really respect Marnie's opinion that much, huh? Big time, big time, huh? Marnie's elite. Well, well, let me say this: I shaved it, and I told you when I saw you last week was, you know, it starts to itch in your neck. you've grown out beards and stuff like that and you're like, in my neck. It really starts to itch, so I got to shave it under there because okay. it really starts to bother me. But okay. I shaved it because I just wanted to shave it. I had grown it for about a week and a half, maybe okay. two weeks. And that was it. That was enough. That's great. Um, are you excited
3: for the twenty seventeen eighteen Timberwolves season? I mean, you're not cheerleader Joe Q Rube fan. You're compensated yeah. to analyze the games. Right. You're very good at it. Um, you know, but it. I, you know, there probably is a side of you being a Minnesota guy working close to that team. You know, where, where the more the team wins, the easier it is to do certain things. So with the, with all that known. Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, Teague, Thibodeau, Jamal Crawford, Taj Gibson, so on
2: and so on. Are you excited for this season? Yeah, how can you not be? I mean, this is uh longest drought you're dealing with, playoff drought in, in the, in the you know, current NBA right now, so you get a, a team like this. I mean, Towns is, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited with the changes. They had to make some big changes on the court last year with yeah. uh, uh, different posi- positions, and so... Yeah. um Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm very excited. I think this is a playoff team. Whether they finish fourth or fifth or eighth, I don't care. Let's just get in and see what happens. So uh, this is a team that can do some damage now. And, uh, yes, to answer your question, I'm excited. Many times over the years, uh,
3: you and I have chatted Jimmy Butler and his bulldog approach to basketball. You're right. uh, And him being top three two-way player in the NBA. When healthy, Kawhi Leonard number two. Uh, number one, somebody can, if they got, if like Clay Thompson, he's a really good two-way guy, yeah. so is Jimmy Butler. Right. And this team, in my opinion, from a heart and soul standpoint, for many years has needed a Jimmy Butler type. How do you think the Butler, how do you think <laughs> Butler being who he is will mesh with Andrew Wiggins being who he is, which seems to be a little bit on the quiet side?
2: Yeah, you know... <sighs> Wiggins, I've had these conversations recently, and last maybe the last couple of years. Wiggins is an interesting personality because typically, you know, some of these guys, these guys that are star players on the professional level, you know, a lot, almost, I shouldn't say almost always or always, but many, many times, they have big personalities that match. Their talent, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And so to get a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who's really introverted and almost comes off as shy and quiet, it's a weird dynamic. Right. And he's got he doesn't have much to say when you interview him. Not that he doesn't say good things, he can. But it looks like at times. I'm talking about Marnie. I mean, uh, I feel bad for him because he just doesn't give you very much. Like yeah. he doesn't like the media. He doesn't feel comfortable being interviewed. I don't know what it is, but he's an interesting personality. The fact that he's such a good player, yet. He doesn't have much to say, which is kind of, like as Towns and, and Butler, these other guys, and many other stars in this league have that big personality to match the talent. So, yeah, I mean, how they match up, it's going to be, I'm glad they pulled. I, I figured I'd walk in here because I hadn't seen you in a while. Mm-hmm. I thought you would have a bone to pick with me because I you talked uh, last year or two yeah. after they drafted Chris Dunn. Mm-hmm. You're like, trade Levine and Chris Dunn and a pick for uh, Jimmy Butler to Chicago. You, mm-hmm. were, you liked that deal. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And I was disagreeing with you at the time, but it's all good. That, yeah, it's all it's all good well, at this point. It doesn't
3: but... make. It, by the way, it doesn't make my side of the equation right. I mean, yeah. let's watch Dunn play for Hoiberg. Let's wait for Levine to get back. Markkinen and, and see what happens there. And Laurie Markkinen and the whole thing. The, right. Yeah, the Arizona kid, which, looks... which which they used with the pick, and right, he had a really right. good preseason. Right? Right? No, I'm I'm not big. I'm I'm not big. I was right. You were wrong, guy. I just want to watch it develop. Right? Um, but with um. I mean, defense is so – I'm not – it's like I know defense wins championships is the cliche, but I think defense, believe it or not, outside of situational defense in the NBA, I've always felt it was overrated. I mean, it's like Utah and Memphis are to slow the game down, minimize the possessions, let's, let's have a shot blocker in Rudy Gobert, a good passing center in Marcus Gasol who can block a couple of shots, and let's be tough. Right. How far? How the at last check, the two teams I saw in the NBA Finals were combining for like 265 to 270 points. So you've got to score to be able to win in this league. And with Butler, Teague, yeah. a better scoring point guard than Rubio, and quite honestly, it's not close. Uh, Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, they they can score, but the defense at times was so embarrassing again last year yeah. that if. From a situational standpoint, if it's not better this
2: year, I can't guarantee playoffs, you know? Yeah. No, and let me address what you just asked me, Paul, just about the Wiggins-Butler. In a lot of ways, people are like, it well, doesn't matter if a guy's a 2 or a 3, but in some cases it can matter because Wiggins is an under, is one of the smallest. If he's a small forward, Andrew Wiggins is a small forward, he's one of the smallest small forwards in the NBA. Everybody yeah. is bigger, taller, stronger. Yeah. And they list Wiggins at six eight. He's not that tall. He's probably six six or six seven. Yeah. And so at that height, that's pretty small. And so he would get dom no he would score on the other end. He'd be fine scoring wise, but mm-hmm. defensively he would struggle guarding a lot of uh, small forwards. So now you, you put Butler on this team. Now you put Butler on a lot of small forwards. Yeah. And Wiggins, if Wiggins is guarded by a lot of shooting guards and he's going against a lot of shooting guards offensively, yeah. that's a big advantage for Andrew Wiggins. And Butler can take over the the job of guarding Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or all these kind of LeBron James. No doubt. And that helps this team big time because they got pushed around a lot. And it's not just Wiggins at the small forward. It's also Towns at the center. There was the, Really, the only time I see Towns struggle, because uh, he's such a great all-around player, is when he gets pushed around by a really big center. Yeah, and and, and so, but he's playing center now, right? R- right, he is a center, and he'll he'll bother those big guys in other ways when he's got the ball. Yeah, but I guess my problem, but my thing is with the Wolves, they've gotten tougher. They haven't necessarily gotten bigger, but they've gotten tougher. And now with the two-three situation with Butler and Wiggins is much improved because Butler now can guard a lot of these small forwards.
3: If Wiggins develops into and he's a max guy now, so. With all due respect, we know you can score. We know you can get to the line and, and, and you miss too many, but you know, make those better. I mean Andrew Wiggins is an upper echelon offensive talent. If if we could if this team could get him to be a perimeter defender that is close to on par with Jimmy Butler, yeah. I mean the Wolves are really on to <laughs> something here if they can get Wiggins
2: to play better defense. Right. A- absolutely. You know what's funny with Wiggins and defense is it seems like his rookie year there were certain spots, PA, where he was really good. I can think of some games down in Houston, and he was guarding uh, uh, James Harden, yeah. and he did a terrific job. So there, yeah. he has shown flashes, and that was his reputation coming out of Kansas, yeah. is this guy's going to be a great defensive player on, on the wing, but uh, he has almost taken a step back in some ways. So, uh, And let's face it, he's a good scorer, he's a really good score, almost 24 points a game, but... You know the playmaking, the the, the rebounding, the all the, the steals, all that kind of stuff has got to improve. But yeah, if he if he really commits and, and he doesn't have to be on par with Jimmy Butler because that guy's one of the best. But if he can just make a jump and get better at defense, that's going to be huge.
3: Elite basketball mind Kevin Lynch from a Fox Sports North in studio for another segment to discuss the Timberwolves and the season opener Wednesday against Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. Back after this.
0: You're listening to
3: PA. So I see Paul, and of course, sure. you know, my heart melts, and, <laughs> and, and everything, every other part of me melts. Right.
0: On the fan,
3: AAA mover, second to none with residential moves. Likewise for corporate moves. You might not even know this, but if you have a small business or some type of corporate move, or you are relocating, like say you're in the cities and you got a job somewhere else and you got to relocate, and you got things that that in your from a business standpoint that need to be relocated maybe even vehicles, AAA Movers will take care of all of that. Learn more at aamovers.com. That's where you can book your next move, AAA Movers, -movers aamovers.com. From a business standpoint, if you are making a corporate or commercial move, you don't want that downtime to drop L's on your profitability and or productivity. So, use AAA movers. They can minimize that with a single point of contact for coordination and scheduling of all services to take the stress out of moving. 612 588 MOVE, AAAMOVERS.com. Trust AAA movers. You may not move every day, but they do.
1: KFAN Total Traffic.
6: From the Holiday Station Store's Traffic Center, here's a look at the roads. Still stop and go on 35W northbound from 46th Street to 94 because of a couple of issues of construction in the right lane at 26th and then an accident involving a semi on the right shoulder at 42nd Street. Everything else, though, looks pretty good. That's traffic on the fan. This report is brought to you by Farmers Insurance.
5: As the road you travel changes, so do your insurance needs. Talking with a Farmers agent can help you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. Find an agent at Farmers.com.
1: We are Farmers. Bum,
3: ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Simply safe home security is second to none. By the way, with no contract, so you ain't locked into something that may be considered robbery in its own right. It's like with a security company, you you get the dog and pony show, then you get locked into this contract. You're paying 45 50 $60 a month or whatever. And you're like, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. It's it's too much money. Guess what? You probably can't get out of that contract. With Simply Safe, no commitment, no lock ins, no contracts. Uh, that is the simple part of Simply Safe. Simply Safe home security will keep you safe, professional monitoring, and police dis, uh, dispatch. So your home is safe around the clock. Fifteen bucks a month. It's fifteen dollars a month for all of that. Learn more at simplysafe.com. Get to your local Best Buy right now. Save $50 on the Protect Package. That offer ends October 21st. Protect Package, $50 off right now. Learn more, simplysafe.com. It is simplysafe.com.
5: Programming on the fan, brought to you in part by Bradshaw and Bryant. Giveaway time, 9 to noon. We've been talking about the best Christmas ever gala. It's October 21st this Saturday and it's at US Bank Stadium you can join the Minnesota Vikings for dinner dancing and fundraising and I got a pair of tickets to give away right now if you can answer one simple trivia question Eric Kendricks led the Minnesota Vikings in tackles yesterday 11 total for Kendricks who had had the second most tackles for the Vikings defense yesterday first person to give me that correct answer 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326. 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326. Pair of tickets, best Christmas ever gala. Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Pair of tickets goes your way.
2: hands covered with gray.
3: Fox Sports North, what up, 9 to noon Timberwolves basketball for a final segment The Head Cheese, David Sinekin 15-20 minutes from now On uh, Border Battle 114 Russo Radio in studio tomorrow Uh, Mike Florio on the 9 to noon Radio show tomorrow Uh, Plus uh, much more Excited for uh, the Talker Tuesday tomorrow Already Uh, Likewise for Timberwolves San Antonio Spurs On Wednesday Then Utah's in town Props to the schedule makers. Here comes the Spanish kid for the home opener. Speaking of the home opener, have you seen Target Center uh, post remodel? No, I haven't. I saw uh, friends of minor season ticket holders, specifically uh, Jimmy Knutson, who has had a seat behind the basket, kind of like where that media area is, where you sit to your left. He's been in like like behind the basket. He likes that angle, that all that all ten kind of angle. Um, and he sent me some pictures the other night from like a season ticket holder thing. Yeah, holy cow! Really, boy, they did a good job. That place. I mean, I haven't been into it yet. I got, I got to get over there, man, before Friday. That place looks
2: spectacular. It looks brand new. Wow! Listen to you, because I, I haven't seen a thing. I haven't been over there. I knew they sent out something to season ticket holders or something, mm-hmm. but but uh, ch- as far as changing the seats in there, that had to happen. Right, Those were pretty nasty. Uh, what What do you like about Jeff Teague at the point? uh better athlete than well just better better all around player than Rubio better shooter not that Jeff Teague is a great shooter but he but in fact but he did shoot 53% from 3 in the playoffs last spring yeah so he can make shots better athlete than Rubio more yeah. explosive um they just Thibodeau they, was never really on board with Rubio was he I don't think I don't think so um you know Rubio was a polarizing guy you have some people out there that just loved him and yeah. thought he was the perfect point guard for this team but you know he was a 37 percent career shooter that's historically bad that's like one of the all-time worst percentages and think of it this way he's open and shooting 37 percent because right. teams will just leave him wide open and so they had to make a change you can't
3: and, leave and, jeff teague open
2: yeah you, yeah if you leave that that see that's what happens i think a lot of people out there when you know when they thought and i liked rubio in some ways but you know the thing is is I think a lot of team a lot of people think well when you have great scores around you you need mm-hmm. a point guard that just passes all the time. Yeah. But that's not the case. I mean look at when when the Bulls PA were winning championships you have Jordan on one wing and Pippen on the other wing. What type of point guard were playing with those guys? It was BJ Armstrong, yep. Steve Kerr, Jackson. John Paxson, yeah. shooters. Same thing with Miami when they were winning titles. Ain't no you, got, doubt. you got Wade, you got James on the wing, you got Mario Chalmers, you cuz Great scores pull defenses towards them. Now yep. you have a guy wide open, and he's got to make shots. Great
3: take. What's uh, what's Gorgie Jeng's role on this team? Super sub, six man guy?
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, it, you know, he's he is such a good player, and he just flies under the radar. Nobody gives him much credit. Uh, I love Gorgie Jeng. I, I just I just think he's a he's a really good player, and he's a glue guy type of dude, and and he's, he's an improving shooter. Mm-hmm. And uh, but coming off the bench is a he's a guy with a personality where he won't. He won't bitch and complain now that he's, uh, he's a bench guy. And I, I think this is a – I like him. I like him a lot. What will fans like about Taj Gibson and the way he plays? Hard worker. He's a glue guy too. And the thing that he can give this team, uh, I think, that's better than Gorgie Jang is he's a little bit smaller, but he's more mobile. He can switch. See, that's a big thing right now in the NBA is – switching defenses. Everybody runs their offense so quickly and so much pick and roll. you got big guys that if they can switch on a point guard at least for a few seconds, guard a guy like Steph Curry a little bit and guard some of these smaller players, that makes your defense better. So having Taj Gibson being able to switch on some shooting guards and play some power forward and small forward, that's going to help them.
3: Butler is a twenty-three, five and five guy with about a steal and a half and a three a game. Shoots for a decent percentage too. He'll miss he'll miss twelve to eighteen a season because of injuries. But he is a really, really good across the board player. Do you anticipate he's that same guy here, or do you think his assist totals might go
2: down, or you think something will go up, or what? I think his scoring will go down a little bit. I think his assist totals will be fine. What was his his assist last year? Five six a game. That was yeah, a career four, five high. And you know. And a half. Yeah, so uh, I think I think that's you know it's going to be interesting to see how these guys all play together. Yeah, the shots are going to go down for some people, as they should. Uh, but and I think Butler is one of those guys that uh, to me he's a better ball handler and better playmaker than Wiggins. So I, I think initially I think his scoring numbers might go down a little bit, and he might be more of a playmaker.
3: I wonder, um, you know, because I know about Jimmy the Box Score and Jimmy the Bulldog more than I do Jimmy the Guy. What I'm getting at here is down a point, you have the ball, clock's ticking away, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. The right thing to do is to find the worst defensive player on the adversary who is checking or not checking Teague, Butler, Wiggins, or Karl-Anthony Town- Towns and go at that guy. And go at their worst defensive player, maybe he fouls you, you win it at the line or you just win the game. Unless you want to be the guy to win the game and you're Jimmy Butler who has good good ball handling skills, what I'm getting at here is, in a tightly contested game like that, do you think Butler is the guy who will demand it at the end? I need the pick. I want to win
2: this game. I think so. I mean, he, I, I think he's, he's got that part to his personality. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think Wiggins has got some of that. I think Towns has some of that. Um,
3: That's what I'm saying is, if, if if Jimmy is selfish, then this could be a problem. You know, because it's 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 these kids want to win games. I right. mean, they they want teams to win games. But if if I'm Andrew Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns, and I you know, I got some L on me, and then the game's coming down to the wire, I, ah, ball, let's go. You know, if anything to draw a double and to kick it to somebody else, you know. But I mean, what a Butler goes to banging on it, and he's like, nah, they brought me here to win these games. I'm going to win it.
2: Well, yeah, I I mean, uh, I think I'm understanding your question. Uh, you know, is he that guy? Yeah, absolutely. But. But I, I don't think this is not like uh, the Chicago Bulls with Jordan, like I said, you know, where oh, you yeah. knew Jordan was going to get the ball. I, I think this is a type of uh, uh, crunch time performances where you have kind of three guys that can step up and be a part of that. So, you know, Butler is a terrific free-throw uh, free shooter, too. Yeah. Where,
3: and, like, and he gets there a fair amount. And he
2: gets there a lot. Yeah. Wiggins gets there a lot, but Wiggins struggled making some key free-throws last Same. year. So, you know, it's going to be important that... That uh, a guy like Butler can step up in those uh, those type of situations and, and perform.
3: You like um you like OKC with Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and by
2: the way, underrated Stephen Adams. Stephen yes, yes. Steven Adams is a good center. I, I I agree. I really like Adams. Um, I like what they did, and that just kind of goes to show how well Oklahoma City has has drafted that they got all this talent that other player other teams want. Yeah, where they can trade for Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. So they have done a terrific job. Yeah. Drafting good uh, talented guys, but What's that? is that your guy Sam Presti or whatever Presti? Yeah. yeah, Sam Presti. He's done a nice. I mean, just there's just you can go on down the list, but that's a different conversation. But mm-hmm. I like what they've done with uh, you know, as long as Carmelo Anthony can accept the fact that he's at this point in his career, he's he's a third option. Yeah, and he's a ball stopper. So, but if you can use that when Westbrook goes to the bench and Paul George can have the ball in his hands, and you can utilize Carmelo Anthony in yeah. just a scoring mode. He's a finisher. He's a scorer. Yeah. And not stop the ball too much. I think that can work. In fact, I think at the end of the day, I think Oklahoma City, I think they're obviously going to win a lot of games now. Some people see them finishing fifth or sixth in the West. I They could finish second. I think they could threaten They could threaten Golden State. Maybe not beat them in a series, yeah. but they're a team that can, uh, I think that's the second scariest team, the Golden State uh in the West.
3: Kyrie and Gordon Hayward in Boston, what do you think about that? They also have uh, Al Horford.
2: Yeah, I I I love Irving. Irving is electric. Yeah. I mean, as an, an offensive player, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah. And so I like Gordon Hayward, really good all-around player, good score. I mean, Al Horford is a good player. Is yeah. he a great player? No. 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 Uh, they lost some of their depth, you know, pulling these deals with Danny Ainge this summer, so they're not the same team. But yeah. Kyrie Irving has got a chance. I mean, I think he's so talented offensively. What Westbrook did scoring wise last year, I think Irving can do. He's that good of a scorer. Yeah. Now maybe there's some other areas he's not a great defensive player, but when it comes to flat out scoring and getting to the basket, he's. <laughs> Kyrie Irving's unstoppable. Golden
3: State, the team to beat for all the money per usual, right? Yeah. It's like when, when OKC made this move for Carmelo. All right, Carmelo, can he, he can grab rebounds. He can pass hit three, score. Carmelo is, can be elite. But they still have three. Westbrook, George, and Carmelo. It's like everybody has three. Let's say LeBron's one and a half. He has Dwayne Wade, who might be a half, might be a one. Isaiah Thomas, he he might equate to a one when he comes back. So on Kevin Love, you know, he, he's a one too. so so right. whatever. What I'm getting at, Golden State has four. <laughs> Golden State has Steph, Klay Thompson, Durant, Draymond Green. That's at least four if you're, like, adding up this is a 1, Steph's a one and a half. Right. so, you know, I mean, so so it, it, it still all goes through Bay Area funk.
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, they got that, uh, you know, they win the championship again. They probably could have three in a row, actually. They had that series two years ago wrapped up, basically, yeah. until Draymond Green got kicked out. And I gotta disagree with you. Look, I like Draymond Green, mm-hmm. but but in some all the kicking and the crap he was yeah. doing a couple of years ago really kind of irritated me. Yeah, not, but he's a glue guy. He's a glue guy, but but he's also a system player. So so yep. to me, Golden State is three and a half. You got Durant, absolutely. Thompson, absolutely. Yep. Curry for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Draymond Green to me is you know he doesn't. Play this way if he's on many other teams in the NBA. If he's a system guy. He yeah. benefits from the system and the players around him. Is he important? Yes. Is he a really good defensive player? Yeah. Yeah. He's you know he's a guy that he's got that dog to him. You know, yep. and, and that really helps that team. But I'm not a huge fan of his game. Speaking of
3: players who got that bull, uh, that bulldog to them, uh, your guy Zebo used to play for Memphis. Now he's in Sacramento. So now, in looking at teams, the Wolves would need to jump to get to the postseason. You got a fair amount. I mean, you got to jump Denver, got to jump New Orleans, got to jump Memphis, got to jump Utah, so on and so on and so on. With Memphis, they got Mike Conley, they got Marcus Hall. I'm going to give you a name because I always like to give you one of these obscure under the radar names yeah. that we watch during the course of the season. And you're either like, wow, you were an elite basketball mind, <laughs> or Paul, save NBA knowledge for the big, uh, for the big boys. <laughs> Memphis took a player from Oregon in the second round. A small forward named Dylan Brooks. Remember I, remember I told you this about this Dylan Brooks. All right. All right. You may not have heard of him now. Let's play the games. And before we count Memphis out, uh, remember that Conley and Gasol, they, they know how to play the game, and they know how to win at the ends of games, and this Dylan Brooks, this rookie from Oregon, is an absolute wonderful find for Memphis. Remember I told you that. D- Dylan Brooks. Okay. Dylan Brooks. Secondly, jumping New Orleans. Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. If that thing works, hide the women and children. I mean, seriously, I know it's a perimeter-based game where you need to have a bunch of talented littles. That's Twin Towers. I mean, if this DeMarcus Cousins-Anthony Davis thing works,
2: isn't that going to be fun to watch? Well, we saw some of it last year, right? I mean, he, uh, Cousins it came to It was weird, though.
3: Cousins got there late.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I- I'm just not. They don't intrigue me. It sounds like you're saying that that team intrigues you a little bit. They they don't do they don't do that much for me. Drew Holiday's got to stay healthy. That's yeah. one thing. I got Rajon Rondo. Big deal. Oh, that guy's oh <laughs> that guy's still playing. Hey, 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 that reminds me. This hey. this this young guy for this Brooks kid for for uh, Memphis. Dylan Brooks is the name. Okay, Dylan Brooks. All right, so I'll learn his name. But but uh, that reminds me of how you were on the the bandwagon big time of Alfred Payton. I think I wasn't. I, are you still are you still on his bandwagon for Orlando? The oh, Blanker. Alfred Payton?
3: Yeah. Oh, for do you what, still like that kid. I like him for what they do. I like yeah, I, I thought he would score better in the NBA, even though out of Louisiana Lafayette he was not a good scorer. Um he was not a great scorer. Yeah, Elford's fine. Alfred, Alfred can play the game. He'll steal it. He'll pass it. Um I'm not a big Aaron Gordon fan for them. Some people like him more than me. Um they actually they got that cap from San Antonio who I kind of liked in sneaky fashion, Jonathan Simmons. Very low priced Free agent. Uh, he's going to play good small guard for them. So yeah, I, I like Orlando a little bit. Big deal. The um, <laughs> Denver is it go. Jokic or Jokic? Jokic. Okay, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, your guy Jokic. It's got Paul Millsap now. Yeah. Okay. So when we're talking about jumping teams, Wilson Chandler. You know uh, Emmanuel Moutier, who uh, Jamal the, the the Murray Cat. Yeah, they got uh, they got some players there in Denver. So before we just think it's super easy to like leap all these teams, teams we ain't gonna leap: Golden State, Houston, the OKC. Now it's those four right there. If Kawhi comes, San Antonio, uh, you're, you're getting to that. But if Kawhi, see, Kawhi's hurt; he's not even practicing. So this this is a big if in the equation. But let's not forget, it's a Popovich system. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has seen his better days. Paul, Paul Gasol, in my opinion, is all done. Tony Parker is he's out right now. Ginobili,
2: same yeah. thing. Yeah. And Ginobili, he's right at the end. So we might be able to jump San Antonio. Uh, it's funny you bring those guys up because I, I was just having this talk with somebody a, a day or two ago, just how I think I think this is we're, we're the Spurs are done winning championships. Let's face it, that's for sure. Yeah. Now I think. Everybody's been anticipating the slide for that team for 10 years, right? Yeah. I think it's finally going to start to happen. Some people are saying they're going to finish second behind Golden State. I don't think so. I think Houston's better. I'm going to tell you this right now. I I think Oklahoma City's better. I'm going to tell you this right now. Here we go. What do you got?
3: The Timberwolves will beat the San Antonio Spurs Wednesday evening by minimum seven points, and it might be a blowout. At San Antonio, AT&T Center, this ass. They want nothing to do with this squad early in the season without Kawhi Leonard. Then we come home against Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, and the Spanish kid. You're on your own after that. But Wednesday night, it's <laughs> Wednesday night is going to go our way. I hope you're right. God, I love talking basketball with you, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, I think he's playing point that really excites me. Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Maybe we can talk backpack. about Lonzo
2: Ball. You, you,
3: you must God. have a lot of thoughts on that guy. i got to give you 20 grand. i got to find 20 grand a year for you. You need to be in here weekly for two segments <laughs> and benefits all This is unbelievable. Thank you. Thank uh, you very much. I'll Good to see you. A, uh, Wednesday and Friday on TV? Yes, exactly. Hell yeah. Kevin Lynch in studio, uh, which will be a frequent occurrence, 9 to noon, uh, during the Timberwolves and NBA season. When we return, the necessary evil, David Senekin. From TheHeadCheese.com on Border Battle 114, don't leave.
0: You're listening to PA. He's pretty dreamy, I'm not going to lie. He's fantastic. On the Fan.
5: Programming on the Fan, brought to you in part by Sport Clips. I
0: can't wait, Hold on. I can't wait until tomorrow. go tomorrow. tomorrow might very well be too late Vikings rush for Rodgers looking up sees nothing flushed
3: out to the right hit as he throws Dropped by Marcellus Manning and Anthony Barr smacked Aaron Rodgers who's down at the 30-yard line Anthony Barr smacked Aaron Rodgers right as he threw the ball and Rodgers is writhing in pain on the ground Greg Coleman on the sidelines. Guys, officially, the Green Bay Packers have announced that quarterback Aaron Rodgers has a broken collarbone and could be lost for
0: the season. I'm ready to smile before a long while
3: Border Battle. To the Head Cheese. Hi, Davey. Morning, Pauly. Uh, your, thought uh, your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers hit yesterday?
4: Well... I'm- on the hit, where it was, you know, it was football hit. You know, it, it was a hard football hit by a, a aggressive linebacker. I had, I took no, uh, no fault in that hit by Anthony Barr. It was unfortunate that on the hard uh, field turf stadium that broke my man's collarbone, and uh, obviously it uh, completely changes the outlook for my team and uh, and what our ultimate goals are this season.
3: Are um, are you in any way blaming it on the artificial surface?
4: No, I mean look. We we funny and in the zone Saturday, caller called up about all the injuries that have happened on that field and listed off a, a long list and I said, hey, you know it's a, it's a field, it's not grass, but it's it's a field and injuries happen everywhere. But man, I mean, we lost about six guys during that game yesterday. I don't know if it was bad luck or what, but no, I blame that injury on uh, you know football hit by a linebacker. It happens. He's broken his collarbone before. He's not the first guy to do it. Um, but as I responded quickly on Twitter, because you, as you can imagine, Vikings trolls descended on me to complain about the hit. But I saw nothing wrong with the hit live, and after watching it 15 times, I still see nothing wrong with
3: it. David Sinekin, this is the border battle and every Monday occurrence uh, for many years, 9 to noon. Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers in border ba- Border battle 114. Uh, teams are tied at 4-1, Vikings technically in first because of the head-to-head with uh, juicy Seneca's team, uh, David via Twitter is at TC Head Cheese. At TC Head Cheese via Twitter, his website TheHeadCheese.com. dot com. He hosts Packer Preview each and every Sunday, seven a. m. Right, David?
4: Correct. And I I like to mention also, I do a Packer Review podcast now that's uh, up right now at iHeartRadio. So you can find that if you want to hear me talk for about ten minutes about what I watched yesterday.
3: That's Packer Review with the Head Cheese. Now, uh, Brett Hundley as your backup maybe for the rest of the season certainly a majority of it your thoughts
4: uh you know i'm i'm anxious to see what this guy can do he was uh highly regarded when he came out of ucla uh ted thompson traded up in the fifth round to grab him he's had three years to to suck at the teeth of uh mike mccarthy and aaron Rodgers, and i, I really do think he's going to show something and that now i need to get some linemen back packers are down the nine guys that started the season on the roster, six of them are injured, three are on IR. So the offensive line's a mess. And it, if your name's not Aaron Rodgers right now, you're going to struggle unless some of those guys come back. So I hope after the bye we get the tackles back and Hundley gets a chance to show what he can do because I don't think the offense is going to be just a complete laydown without Aaron Rodgers. They're totally different. Obviously, this guy's otherworldly. For my money, he's the best in the game. And, and as Viking fans like to tell me, he makes everybody around him better. I get it. But I think Brett Hundley's going to show that he belongs in this league, and he'll do a decent job. And I'm I'm anxious to see what he can do.
3: Some uh, some of those offensive linemen you were wheeling out there yesterday, specifically your guy Ulrich John. Holy cow! Who is he, and where'd they come from?
4: Yeah, they grabbed him off the Cardinals practice squad about three weeks ago. When uh, when Bocciari, I guess four weeks ago, when Bocciari got hurt, just to have another body. I mean, PA. It's I know you guys have had issues with your offensive line too, and injuries happen and all that, but. Man, I mean, you got three tackles on IR, not to mention your starters. They're both out. And the guy that moved over nicely from left guard to left tackle, Lane Taylor, he goes down yesterday, too, with what looks like a serious injury. So it's just been a crazy year. And and we're not the only team that's dealt with it. But obviously, like the Giants, uh, our biggest star has really changed things.
3: What about Lindsey Pipkins?
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, obviously he had to take the field. He's another undrafted kid, I think, out of Miami.
3: No, um, uh, Oklahoma State or something.
4: Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Yeah, I think that sounds right. You know, Quentin Rollins goes down yesterday during the game, and we started without Devon House and Kevin King, and Pipkins is the bottom guy in the depth chart. He's the sixth corner. And, uh, you know, we were playing yesterday with corners four, five, and six for most of that game. Yeah, But defensively, what bugged me was was not getting your guy Keenum on the ground yesterday. I mean, this pass rush is going to have to – really pick things up defense is going to have to make plays and to not sack case Keenum. Uh, there's no excuse for that in my book.
3: It was a Remmer's best game with the Minnesota Vikings through six. Uh, he's the right tackle in case uh, you're not following at home. He did not allow a pressure yesterday. Not exactly sure what else, I mean, what players were on his side. He did not allow a pressure. Riley reef almost gave up one or two, but, um, a super special Case, um, he's he's pretty good at eluding the pressure. He he has a natural bit about him where he feels it and he runs away from it.
4: Yeah, he impressed me yesterday, and he has ever since the, that game in Pittsburgh. He's looked pretty good, and, you know, he's here in footsteps with, uh, you know, Teddy being cleared to come back, and we'll see how that goes over the next few weeks. But you guys have kind of uh, solidified the quarterback position, and obviously that's the most important thing. So uh, I give Case a lot of credit. He was uh, – very solid yesterday and, and made plays when he had to. What um, I put a tweet out,
3: and, and I, I'm not going to tweet it if I don't mean it, where I'm like, hey, I'm not going to overlook Green Bay when it comes to winning the NFC North. You might be able to make the Vikings favorite at this stage for whatever the reason, even though Detroit beat us, but I'm not overlooking Green Bay because I have a high level of respect for that coaching staff. Packer trolls, I mean Packer fans, just destroyed me, saying, you don't get it, McCarthy sucks, Capers sucks, they're nothing without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I respect your opinion very much when it comes to this green and gold covenant. What do you think about that?
4: Um, I, I think the way this uh, season is going and the way the NFC looks right now, that the Packers can definitely stay in contention in the NFC North. I mean, if you look at, uh, they haven't lost a home game. So, you know, four and two, you got five home games, five road games left. And the the home games, New Orleans, Detroit, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, and then you guys, I mean that that's not a murderer's row of games at Lambeau Field where it's still tough to play. So yeah. I think they can hold their own at home. On the road, they got three really tough ones at Pittsburgh, at Carolina, at Detroit. Yeah. You know those aren't likely L's. But they also go to Cleveland and Chicago, and then Chicago might be tricky. But uh, you know nine wins might win the North. And I, uh, unlike whatever Russian bots are uh, responding to you, uh, I disagree. I think the Packers can stay in contention if. The offensive line and cornerback can get to some semblance of health because if if those guys are all out for an extended period of time, it's going to be tough to win any games right now. Might
3: be one of those NFL seasons, David, where eight and eight get you into the postseason. I mean, I look back at two thousand eight, Steelers win the Super Bowl over the Cardinals. Tennessee was thirteen and three with Kerry Collins and and was a one seed. Vikings won the division that year, got dismissed by Philadelphia round number one. It, it just there, there's not a lot of star power or any really in the NFL, you know.
4: I agree. I mean, Atlanta loses back to back at home to Buffalo and Miami, and we League thought go. they were the class of the NFC. Is, are the Eagles the best team in the NFC right now? And would right. you be would you be scared about playing them in the playoffs? Yeah, it's it's wide open, and just whoever can dodge the injury minefield the rest of the way has the best shot.
3: You think the ba- the Bakhtiari Bulaga Lane Taylor bit is going to linger?
4: Uh, Sir, looks like it. I mean, Bakhtiari missed four games. They finally bring him back, and he can't finish. Bulaga was a concussion. So that wasn't a, you know, relapse of the ankle injury. So yeah. if that was not serious, uh, that's big. But I don't know, PA. I mean, the offensive line has not stayed healthy all year. And I don't, I don't know. It feels hard to believe it's going to be set, you know, once these guys come back. It's going to be a worrisome spot. And, and that's to me the only reason I worry about Brett Hundley. Uh, if he doesn't have guys that belong in the NFL in front of him, it's going to be hard to shine.
3: Sorry about your quarterback. Have a good day. Thanks, Pete. We'll be back. Don't uh, write us out yet. David Sinekin, uh, TheHeadCheese.com. Talker Tuesday tomorrow. Border Battle. I'm Paul Allen from the KFAM Brian Heating and Cooling Studios. Thank you for listening. Producer Rap Show. Brought to you by the Paddy Wagon, 61st and Nicollet. Place is delicious. Go eat there.
5: The Paddy Wagon. To the home team goes Border Battle 114. Ugly-ass game. These tilts are rarely clean. I don't root for injuries, but to pack fans, I'll say, welcome to our world after what happened yesterday. You lost your quarterback? Yeah, we've dealt with that. The old line is decimated over here. We call it old hat. Now you're just another squad on the grind in this league, and soon you'll be suffering from poor me fatigue. Sad story, but on to Baltimore. I don't really want to talk about the Packers anymore. Running game is working. The defense hand in smacks. Even the punter is hot, and Teddy's coming back.
0: Under your butt.
1: Not getting hustle. Keeping your head
0: above water. Yeah. Making a wave when you can. Nine to noon. Good
1: time. Time for two more. Give me credit
0: and P.A. something. Personal foul. Clipping. Hang it in a job. The game is over. Time. Ain't we lucky we got them. P.A. If it's good news or money, leave enough. To listen back to a podcast of today's show, visit the Paul Allen channel on the iHeartRadio app or go to kfan.com.